Okay, a um, couple content warnings for this week. Uh, there will be discussion of COVID-19 and the pandemic. There will be discussions of ADHD, which is sort of a, a given. And there will be religious humor. So keep that in mind. If any of those things, you know, uh, uh, are things you don't want to hear, you may want to skip this episode. I don't know. And after that, um, we live in a house with animals. We have seven additions this week. Yes, uh, and they are a couple feet away from me. They are chicks. And they go peep, peep, peep all the damn time. And they are they are Kevin's, uh, Kevin's For- new babies, yes. So yeah, it's, uh, it's lighter outside, and I'm staring at chickens, and uh, the cats can come in, but the dog cannot because the dog has an unhealthy obsession with chickens. And I am signing book plates. And you're signing book plates. Yes, which, of course, leads us to the final warning, which is we swear a lot, often at book plates recently. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I don't begrudge any of these, by the way, for readers who are getting a book plate. Like, I I am am genuinely glad, and they're really cool looking. It's just that Ursula, who is genuinely glad about this, is the one who answers the email and says, yes, of course I will sign them. Ursula, who does the signing, is, is... uh, yeah. And with um, microphone difficulty number three, hopefully third time's the charm, uh, I can say with a great deal of confidence, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 244. There may be swearing at the microphone, even. There, yeah, it was supposed to be fully charged, it's not fully charged, now it's plugged into a battery on my desk, so yeah, fuck you, microphone. Um... That's really the downside to the this wireless setup is if they're not charged, well, you know. Uh, otherwise, they're I, I love them. They've been great. They allowed me to do an interview on the cruise, which I'll have for you in about a month. Awesome sauce. Which was pretty awesome. And yeah, we have uh, we actually have a bunch of catch ups coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, today we'll be catching up with Bill and Laura Pearson um, in. Uh, April, we're catching up with uh, Debbie G and Augusta Scarlett and Michelle Wexelblot, and then we're catching up with me instead of a letter show in May. Woo! Because that'll be episode 250. Huh. There's a thing. Um, I, I just, it's just weird to look and go, wow, that's like in a little over a month. So... It's a lot more than a month. And do you know how I know it's a lot more than a month? Okay, tell me. Because my book is absolutely, positively, no more extensions due May 20th. So it's a lot more than a month away. The 12th is? Uh, May is. May, oh yes, May May is, uh, yes. May is a month and a day away. Um... So it is more than a month away from May. Yes. Anyway, all that being said. I'm going to die. This book is never going to be it's, finished. It, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and, uh, and you know, I'll just, uh, I'll point you at, uh, if, if you need words of encouragement or, or some sort of relief, I will point you at the uh, afterword of um, uh, Kaiju Preservation Society. Um, or the interview I did with John Scalzi uh, last year, because book that is not working is a thing he dealt with. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, and the thing is, it's not that it's not working. Like, 
It's just that I think part of it is that Nettle and Bone is coming out next month. And I have been far I am far enough away from having written Nettle and Bone now because because of publishing schedules and COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, came yeah. out like uh like a year after it would have, like uh right, practically. Right. Um like people were getting advanced copies in in twenty twenty. Yes. And yes. uh it's I am far enough away now that I've forgotten all of the misery and it's like just <laughs> sweeping all the reviews. Like it, it's got stars from library journal and publishers weekly and just like, uh, yeah, it, everybody is loving this one and people are talking about how it's brilliant. And I'm like, wow, that really is a good book. And my imposter society, my imposter society, my imposter syndrome, that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Leveled up quite a while ago to yes i did some good stuff once but that's all behind me now and now everyone will just think that you know something went terribly wrong and ask in hushed tones if i had a stroke and uh <laughs> so i am looking at this current book going yeah this is the this the everyone's gonna be like what happened i i i think i think it's going to be fine uh, I read it. the The portion I read, I thought was just you know phenomenal. So yay! yay. So we'll, we'll just you it'll know, be fine. I'll die right, uh, signing book plates anyway. So. I mean, you know, as as uh, at least you know, um, how how you're gonna die. I I don't know. Um, <clears throat> yes, but I was expecting it to be in the next hour. Okay, that's uh, that's fine. Uh, just remember. It's been real. Uh, yeah, no. And uh, I will avenge myself against the maker of, uh, of book plates. Yes, I believe this printer is called copycats.com. Okay, I will, I will make a note. <laughs> um, actually, I will make a note to link, put that in the show notes. Ha 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 ha. You, you don't have to. I, I know nothing about them as a company. They may be terrible. They're just the printer that was used. Okay, well then that's a maybe. Um you may need a corporate account for all I know. Ah, fair, 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 fair. Uh, yeah, um, I, it has been suggested that I look at making pins for some of the more popular, for the two popular Productivity Alchemy um, stickers. And uh, so, if one of them fail, yes, absolutely. I think everybody wants like that is the most popular sticker. Let's be honest. The the Productivity Alchemy ones are cool, but everybody wants like three fail stickers. Um, and so that one is, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I have to go back and see how the prices have changed since the last time you made pins and who's reputable and all that stuff. So I, I... This is not the time to do it because it all has to come from China. And Oh, God, yes. Yeah, so, like, uh, put, mm. put that dream off a we'll little just, while we'll just, longer. Yeah. I'll put a pin in it. Yeah. <laughs> so how was your week? You already heard me complaining about writing. Uh, I mean, uh, we built the new coop, which is bigger. Uh, we assembled it, rather. It was a two-person job, unlike the others. Um, but, um, and I saw... A couple of the coachins starting to exp like the doors open, so the coachins are sort of going in and taking a look, um, and so that was you know a a good a a good indicator that they are curious, and so it'll it may be easier to move them in. Plus, it's like way more space than they have. Um, 
Not that they're crowded or anything, you know. I mean, they like to crowd together. Yes, but this this will be the house that they will be sharing with some, if not all, of the young day old who dance that are in my office right not now. Not while they're a day old. The, no, Kevin is no, raising no. these these chicks in his office. Yeah, there and are hopefully hand rearing them will make some of them cuddly. Maybe uh, there are two Buff Orpingtons and five Models Who Dan's. Um, hopefully there will be more hens than roosters with the Modeled Who Dan's. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what we get. Um, and the, the Orpingtons are supposed to be hens. And I'm getting two this time so that uh, I have some really good broody mamas. Because uh, Buffy the Buff Orpington, who we lost last year, was just like the best broody mama I have had so far, even better than Little Goth. Little Goth would go broody really fast, though. That was the great thing about her, was that, like, she would go broody in three days, and you could just cram it, like, a week-old chick under her butt, and she would be like, this is my chick now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She wanted, she liked him a little younger than that to, to raise, but uh, she was she was like made to be mama um and orpingtons are generally the same way so um i'm just like yeah two buff orpingtons let's do this um the the advantage yeah, who to who is yelling by the way a chick yes um, but nope. is is somebody on top of the brooder again and can't get down no um a a modeled Houdan chick is out from under the brooder, I think, and is just yelling because they can. It can, yeah. Or maybe they, I don't know. Chickens are complicated. The model Houdans aren't that bright. He, may, It may be lost. Yes, its back so. is to the brooder, so it may believe the brooder has vanished forever. Yeah, they're they're not. Uh, it, one of the things I'm I'm hoping to do over time is is breed some brains into the hybrid. I'm telling you, you're going to have to use ninja. And ninja's a great a great choice for that. Uh, but you know, uh, first I just want to get the appropriate traits before I start breeding in uh, other tidbits. Uh, so that's that's kind of where that's at, and that's why there are so many of them, and why I'm hoping they're the majority hens. Because if I have the majority roosters, um, she's going to be getting a workout from the uh, the two cochin roos, um, pot pie and dumpling, who uh, uh, dumpling on un- dumpling and pot pie are on notice. That's why I named them that. You do your job, or. Guess Tiny what? orange, I can't sign book plates when you're yes. in my way. Y- yeah, that's it's a problem. Um, so, yeah, and work has been interesting. I found a new way to do a thing. And Woo. so I've been retooling a bunch of stuff I had been working on into this new way. And it is so nice. It is so nice comparatively. Um and I'm taking that, like, they were talking about how this, this new functionality was, you know, probably the direction we need to go with a whole bunch of other things. And I'm, like, cheering for it in a meeting earlier today. Little, little orange. You're, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, tiny orange. I tiny need to orange. Get she yeah. is just tiny and orange. Um, so that's moving forward. And it's, it's a lot. It's, it's that fiddly last 20% of getting a project done. Yeah. You know, 80%, you can do 
in like all the easy stuff and getting all the setups and things like that. Now it's just the little, okay, tune, tune one setting and test it. Okay, tune the setting again and test it. Tune a third time, test it. Um, uh, you know, make sure the data's in. Do I have all the data? Okay, now validate that, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of this stuff going on right now. Um, but I love it and it's very satisfying. Good, at the, good. Uh, at the end of the day, hello, orange cat. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, okay, I hear other cheeping towards it. I'm just like, am I gonna have to, like, go, go over there and, like, rescue someone rescue someone you might have to yeah. I, I don't know if the one standing outside is actually the one yelling for all i know one is under the brooder lamp you know mad about something there yeah i mean and whoever that is this is the second time they've been yelly so somebody somebody is a complainer um so we'll see i don't know if you can even hear it internet oh. i assume you can because my microphone is near it, and that is an, an ear-splitting peep. That, yes. But, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, thank know. God for noise-canceling headphones. That's all I got to say. Um, the other thing is I, um, I've, I've been tooling up automation uh, to help with the chickens. So I've almost, um, the new chicken cam is on and running and has been for about a week now. Um, the automation is back in place to start and stop it. I have a stream deck so I can push button, change scenes, and uh, I'm about to do some other uh, automation through that. And I'm also, I just about have the automation for um, autom for refilling their water from the um, rain barrel um, by pushing a button. Um, done. So, um, I, it, that's, it's just really cool. It is really cool. Yeah. I, I can't wait until, uh, you've, you've worked it out to the point where we can do my irrigation at a button. Oh, we're, we're, I, I am, uh, I would say aside from what looks like a connectivity issue, I'm about 90% there. Cool. So, um, yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's all the stuff I've been working on. Chicken cam. Uh, occasionally going out when there's a ruckus. I've started uh, doing uh, preserving eggs using the water glass method. So, um, because, you know, you look in the fridge and there's 70-some eggs and you're like, there has to be a better way than just giving them away all the damn time. I mean, you could sell them. I, I don't think I make enough to sell, but I make too many to... I don't know. Maybe over the winter I'll be selling fresh. Uh, I'll be selling water glassed eggs when no one uh, else has no, eggs. No, no, you can't do that. I can't do that. You can't do that. Why not? Because you have to sell fresh eggs. Otherwise, you are a food prepper preparer. Ah, I see. And then you have to. The whole lot of other things come into play. Yeah. So, okay. So we won't be doing that. Yeah. We won't be doing that. Um, you can you can take pasture raised eggs, which is what these are, to mm -hmm. the co op and. Uh, uh, sell them and they will be happy to have them ah, good to know good to know and i have my branding stickers to say they are red wombat chicken eggs uh we'll see how it goes i mean for all i know the the spring egg explosion is done and now it's just going to be like a couple a day for the rest of the year yeah but that's uh, a couple a day is still more eggs than we <laughs> usually eat in a week i mean i eat yeah i eat and if you hard boil eggs i will eat them too but you know that's yeah. that's still a lot of eggs when you have 
um, ten laying hens, and there are now seven more chicks in the house who, if all goes well, will also be laying hens. Yes, but these laying hens, this set of laying hens, aside from the Orpingtons, are, are for the breeding project. Yeah, but you think, it, it, I mean, they're not going to go broody, so they're still going to lay an egg a day or uh, that's whatever. That's fair, yeah. So, all right, well, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And we will have eggs, but we will we will not be in the position this year that we were in uh, last winter where it's like a month and I have to buy eggs for my salad. God forbid. Just, that, that was just appalling. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much where we're at uh, for everything this week. Um, I did some art over the weekend. You did some art. It's good art. Why, why don't you talk about the art? I'm going to take off my microphone and see what's up. Uh, yeah. So the big problem I've been having, and I should really do a write-up on this probably, is that, uh, as many of you know, Internet, back in the day when I was a children's book author, I was an illustrator, and I was on a fairly brutal set of deadlines. And I was drawing little hamsters and little dragons, uh, I think I worked out, I did well over a thousand dragon oh, yeah, drawings. So many. And, uh, yeah, it was like, it was a lot. And I burned out. And I knew I was burning out. I could feel it happening. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, made the the fairly calculating choice that I needed to plow forward anyway. Because... <laughs> yeah my mom needed a place to live and it's true it really is true yeah uh, she needed a place to live and i was able to with the sales from one of them buy her a place in oregon and you know yeah. I, I love how you you and pretty much everyone else is like oregon like it's a part of your body or a musical instrument. Yeah, if you're from Oregon, it's pronounced Oregon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's you don't say Oregon unless you're a weirdo. Um, okay, fair, fair. Or not from there. Or not from there, like um, me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm a little of both. I'm a weirdo, and I'm not from there. Yeah. So I pretty much when that was done, I set down my stylus and have not wanted to paint since um, because and it, it's a classic case of you do a thing for the love and then you do it for the money and then the thing that was your hobby is your profession and then you don't want to do it anymore and i so there is nothing in me that wanted to draw for fun there still kind of isn't anything that wants to draw for fun i mean but uh part of the problem is that I no longer have anything I want to paint. Like, okay, I, yeah, I don't yeah. have any ideas of this would be a good painting or I should paint this. And there is no inspiration that comes from other people's ideas. Like, somebody says, you should totally paint a, a wombat riding a dragon. I'm like, yeah, that would be fun. I have no desire to do so. It sparks no image whatsoever. I'm just like... Carry on. It does not bring joy. It, 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 it's not that it doesn't bring joy. It doesn't bring anything. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the well isn't dry. The well is cauterized. Ah, yes. Like, I could seriously... Pro like, how many years did 
has it been since I finished the Dragon Breath books? I think the last one came out in 2018. Something like that. Yeah, so or, it's... Or that a Hamster Princess ha- on. My, yeah. The last Hamster Princess book. Yeah, so it has been... Uh, Four years. Minimum. Yeah, probably five, given the lead time on these. And I have had no desire to draw anything. Um, yeah, there's... Like, I was doing Nameless Sheep. That was great, but I wanted to tell the story. I didn't want to draw the pictures. And I eventually sort of petered out because... Uh, and I mean, it's not dead. I still have the script and all, but just oh god, I'd have to draw all those pictures. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I like to drawing. I mean, Liz is doing um, all the drawing of the the Bayo Corgi, the Bayo Corgi, which you can which see, she scripted. Yeah. Yeah, which is which I scripted. Yeah, I wrote it, and she she drew it. You can find it on Liz's Patreon. Mm-hmm. That is Lizard Beth Art, I believe. Uh, yep. Anyway, it's it's a fun story. It's uh, it's Beowulf, but Beowulf is a corgi. It's it's brilliant. Um, I'm really enjoying it as it's coming out. Yay! Uh, but I have been really enjoying playing around with uh, uh, AI generated art. Yes. It's been like I was using it as a comic background, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, for a while, and uh, it's when I do some of these things, I look at them, and the part of the brain that I can't burn out <laughs> is the part that does. Um, I can't. Re- I don't know how you pronounce it. Periidola. Periidola. I have no idea. Yeah, the the thing where your brain makes uh, uh, where the human brain seeks patterns out of out of whatever it is. It is literally a hindbrain function. It's the thing that sees faces in clouds and uh, faces in wood grain and you know stuff like that. That is that is not a thing I can burn out as far as I know. That that thing exists like down where the lizards live. And so I look at some of these AI things, and my brain goes, "Oh, that's a that looks like a dude with a, a smoking a pipe with a lizard on his shoulder." And then if I like take this AI image into Painter and blow it up and draw, you know, the thing I'm sort of seeing, and cut out all the bits that aren't the thing I'm seeing, and then paint all the other bits that go with the bit that I am seeing. It it's like a painting, but it it's like I just go to the painting part, not really the drawing part, right, and like right. the I don't have to, I don't have to do the thing where I am like deciding what I am going to paint or have the idea that you know and the visual and everything. I just see what the thing is there and then start and it happens hacking at it until uh, everybody else can see it, and I don't know how long. That will work, as always, you know, I do one to see if I can do it, two is proof of concept, and abandon the third halfway through uh, is my my general methodology. But it's nice, and I have made at least two things that I am proud of. And remember that, yes, I can paint even if I no longer (laughs) can draw or care to draw more like it. Because I can draw, you know, but I just... I just have nothing I want to to say. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So it's it's an interesting, you know, uh, 
workaround for having uh, cauterized the well. Cauterized the well. Interesting. Uh... Well, you know, usually it's just you just have to wait for the well to refill. No, it's been five years. The well ain't refilling. <laughs> okay, the that's well, fair. Yeah, there, there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that well is burned. <laughs> so. So, okay, yeah, these things, uh, I guess these things happen. Yeah, so it's like either, either, either I find a way to dig a new well or I learn to drink beer. I mean, that's. Nothing wrong with beer. I, 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 I'm fond of beer. Anyway, you have an interview. I do, and it's a long one. Yes, we should probably go. Go. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna go to that in in uh, in just a moment. Uh, so Bill and Laura Pearson, uh, great friends of mine, um, who are also members of Dorsai Regulars, um, sat down and we did a catch up, and it went all over the place. Uh, as I said at the top of the show. Um, we do discuss COVID and ADHD and there's religious humor in this one. And I should warn you that we do talk about, uh, medical conditions. We don't go into like gross details, but, uh, you know, if, if that's a, a thing you need to be concerned about, uh, you should probably skip ahead, um, like a ways, um, Oh, for readers uh, speaking or listeners who yes. have, yeah. Uh, uh, speaking medical procedures. My mom is is recovering very well from her Whipple. She got her feeding tube out. She's right. like feeding tubes are the devil. Yeah, um, but uh, jump ahead about two and a half hours if you want to skip the uh, uh, all that, or uh, you know just be uh, be really good with that. Jump a minute ahead. Jump a minute ahead button. Um, so yeah, we'll have that for you right after this. Oh wait, before you go. Oh what? Was did you find out why the chick was yelling? No, I just looked at it and and like poked around and and it. It stopped. Chickens are weird. Chickens are weird. All right, well, now we'll really be back after this. excited to have returning guests this week. I have Bill and Laura here, and this is sort of a catch-up on how things have changed, because they've changed a lot since we last talked to Bill and Laura, um, especially with, uh, since Laura, you know, does art shows and things, and uh, Bill was an office drone. So let's, let's be honest here, Laura, Bill, can you do a significantly better job than I just did? <laughs> Tell us about yourselves. Yes. My name is Laura. I am the artist and owner of Quack Quack Honk Designs. If you want to find me on any of the platforms, except for, I don't think I, I don't TikTok yet. Uh, just go to the website, quackquackhonk.com, you know, duck, duck, goose, but the sounds. And it'll have all of my, uh, my handles and ways to contact me there. I'm an office drone. I thought that was a perfectly. <laughs> You're not only an office drone. You make my my work possible. 
that a good thing? I mean, <laughs> it's better could, than the could you imagine? Yeah, I was going to say, could could you imagine trying to pay for you know health care without the office job? Because <laughs> oh boy, some days I feel like I'm working for my kids' college tuition and um, and health care. Welcome well, I mean, to the U.S., everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, basically, I am working for healthcare because that is the number one concern when I pick up jobs. You know, like, oh, I would love to work for a nice nonprofit that's changing the world for the better, but they don't have health insurance. Or they, if they do, it's really difficult health insurance. Yeah, yeah. All health insurance is difficult health insurance. Some are worse than others. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have I have worked for companies where the health insurance is fantastic. This is my current company, uh, and I've worked for companies where it's like, so we're not actually paying all of your premiums, and you're going to pay a hundred percent of family coverage too. And uh, so, uh, yeah, <clears throat> not only did I take a loss in like actual salary to take that job, but it was even worse when we factored in healthcare. So. I am a professional patient. <laughs> yeah, so let's so let's get into all of that. Like because we know you're an artist, we know you've done lots of shows, we know you know, we talked last time about some of your, your health concerns, but now professional patient is a new one. Well, I actually am a test subject, a medical test subject now. Um, I don't take medicines for them. They just take lots of blood and samples and such. Uh, so, sorry, people. <laughs> but yeah. um, they actually give me a small amount of money for that. It's it's like parking. They, they say it's parking money, uh, which is it's just kind of funny because the parking lot doesn't cost anything. So... <laughs> I mean, but uh, I appreciate the stipend, though, if they're going to take like 15 vials at a time, you know, I, yeah. yeah, like a dollar a vial seems like, you know, minimal. <laughs> my, I love my Igor. She's very nice. Hey, it, you, you call your phlebotomist your Igor? She's not my phlebotomist. She's the lady who oh. meets me at the phlebotomist to pull out, to, to collect the samples. Ah. And... Um, she's definitely a research medic. She has, she does not see patients. She okay, so, but she was amazingly able to pull out every single type of vial from her little purse, and okay. she just appears like you know, oh, we didn't really expect to see her, and then suddenly it's, oh, you're here. Well, I have some tests. <laughs> yeah, fill <And> these. <laughs> Yes, and, and it very much she's uh she she is unique. She's fun. <laughs> most most researchers I've I've met who are who are at the you know the far end of research and aren't dealing with you know people on the day to day kind of are. Well, and now I have so I have a general which I never see because she doesn't know enough. Just a placeholder. Uh, yeah. But I have two of my three main doctors are research medics. All right. Like, so they don't like they go into the office once a week to see patients. 
and they're basically seeing only patients that are interesting and unique. And, <laughs> and I picked up the... No! <laughs> there, there's, there's a good time to be interesting and unique, and there's a bad time to be interesting and unique, and I this falls somewhere in between, I'm thinking. It's, it's somewhere in between, because if you have to have a lot of medical problems, being interesting and unique is at least something. Okay. I would prefer to not have to, like, I see the nephrologist four times a year, the immunologist twice a year, the hematologist once a year, the primary whenever she finally puts her foot down and says, I have to come into the office. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I mean, but I did keep this nephrologist because when she was looking through my file, uh, she's looking through and looking through and you can see the, you hear the ooh and ah noises and the, you know, she's reading the entire file with me there so she can ask all the questions, which it is not, it is not a small yeah. file. And she goes, I, I look at her and said, oh, I know I'm a, a zebra because in medical terms, they have a, a saying, when you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. Right. Common issues, not rare ones. And she said, oh, honey, you're not a zebra. You're a unicorn. Because <laughs> so I looked at her and said, oh, thank you. You could have just called me a hot mess. <laughs> so how did you figure out how to weed out your doctors? Oh, I have shirts. I have a few shirts now. Only if a few. I, doctor, I wear one of the shirts. Favorite one has a skeleton on it, and it says, everything hurts and I'm dying. I have uh, the shirt I'm wearing today. Uh, this, a drudge skeleton that says, I'm okay, I swear. <laughs> Let's see. But, oh, I yeah, mean, there we go. Yeah. And, and wait, is there still brain in that skeleton? Yep. 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 All right. There we go. And if so, they, uh, if they're amused, they are definitely good. If they're at least neutral, we can work. If they do a tisk tisk, everything can't be that bad. I just, we're done. <laughs> See you later. I'll find a new doctor. Yep. And it works out really well. And most of the offices really enjoy it. Oh yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, the humor that my my sister, the the uh, nursing practice manager, uh, sometimes comes up with is uh, is great. Although since she's also like supervising all the younger nurses, um, sometimes the stories which I cannot repeat here uh, are just like really. They did what? So. Oh, yeah. I, I looked at a resident once and I said, oh, honey, I've had better residents nearly kill me. Get someone else in the room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can tell Ursula now I can mm -hmm. guarantee that being a research test, medical research test subject isn't that bad and kind of pays. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we, now we have a fallback plan so she doesn't have to die in a ditch next to Walmart. Yes, and I will. Right. I will join the people. I will come and help drag her to a better ditch. Yes. If we used your your grandma's plan, we could start making the ditches better. 
because his grandma would just start throwing bulbs into random ditches to grow plants. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's a whole uh, culture of or or subculture or movement about like just taking uh, packets of seeds and seed bombing like ditches and things. The problem is that most of the seeds you get commercially are either um, you know, genetically modified and are going to die and are not going to come back because that's how they've been genetically modified, or they're invasives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, it's tricky. And while I approve of the concept, I just wish a lot of people would do more than just go to the grocery store and buy a crap load of flower seeds. Right. <laughs> right now, his his grandma just ditched the extra clippings and stuff she had. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't take her to Bordines, though, with the flower store here, a big one, because she would oh. just uh, pinch off clippings from all the plants as she walked by and root them at home. Oh, uh, that's the... But the, the uh, okay. <laughs> Are you going to stop the 85-year-old with a purse full of clippings? Did she grow up in the d- Depression by any chance? Indeed. Yeah, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah, my... my Grandmother, uh, my father's mother, uh, certainly grew up in the Depression. And believe me, she would. How, how did uh, how did Dad phrase it? Grandma could pinch a penny to, until Abe Lincoln cried. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm kind of curious if going forward we're going to see people who come out of the this pandemic with interesting habits. I. Uh, we've got kind of a running a running joke that's going to be like, Daddy, why does Great Grandpa always put on a mask when he leaves the house? Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, or why is there hand sanitizer everywhere in Grandpa's house? Not that that's going to happen anytime soon, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it's it. The the responses uh, are going to be certainly very interesting. I think. A lot of the pandemic of the the nineteen eighteen pandemic was then overshadowed with the trauma of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like my grandmother was family was one of the people was one of the families who had money and then suddenly did not. Mm-hmm. So went from everything's taken care of to uh, poverty in the space of, you know, a very short time period. And that that certainly shaped how she lived later in life. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting. I'll be, uh, uh, yeah. it'll be fascinating to be, yeah, telling these stories in 40 years or 50 years. Yeah. I mean, we have a, a box where I keep overflow of dry goods in the guest room because in the garage, the chipmunks will get to it. So we can't put it there. And they chew through our siding to get into things. So Yeah, I mean we just have mice, so I've already I, I did have to get rid of some things because I'm like I forgot this was in the back of the of the storage area and well the mice got into it, so that's no good. It's really odd though, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but we've certainly started keeping more stock of things, even just, you know, art supplies. Like we've got more you know, premium paper on hand because half the time you try and get something, it's just not there. Interestingly enough, um, our 
we've had a big shift in that because Ursula's not doing art prints yeah. as frequently as uh, now that she is principally an author and all of her art is uh, online, digital, when she's doing mm-hmm. art. So there aren't, we, we haven't had to do a big stock up on inks other than, you know, my habit. Um <laughs> <laughs> my my fountain pen habit and even those it's like i since switching to the remarkable i'm not using as much ink ink uh, fountain pen ink as i was so um no our bigger stock ups are things like uh right now uh cat food cat food's mm-hmm. a big one um yeah we yeah. have a hard time getting uh the brands that our cat enjoys in quantity and we just have to or at least in different flavors yeah yeah like we can um, get like 10 of one they'll have one type of it out at a time yeah um if we actually have to go into the city um because the kinds of cat food are sergey wherever his shitheadedness is right now um <laughs> will eat are very specific and if we don't get him like certain things he won't eat them <clears throat> but Food Lion, which is our primary grocery store in town, is now lower on the priority list than everybody else. And so they're constantly out of wet cat food, like constantly out of wet cat food. Um, and if we want to actually buy in a store store now, we have to uh, drive half an hour, 45 minutes to get to like a Target or a Walmart um, because they buy in such bulk, the company shipped to them first. And if... If they they run out or they can't ship to the to the food line, too bad food line doesn't get it. Um, then I found out that Chewy is also on that same priority list with Amazon and Target, and I'm like, well, all right then. I guess I know where I'm ordering cat food from, whether I like it or not. Um, we have gotten lucky for our placement of our house is that within 20 minutes we have four pet stores, <laughs> uh, three. Grocery stores. I don't consider Target a grocery store. We have two of those. Right. Uh, four grocery stores. I forgot about the other Kroger. But even so, sometimes yeah. we're still hunting around for stuff, which and, is just yeah, yeah. We're still going from store to store to find them all. Um, sometimes now, usually we shipped. Yeah. Um, and then tip well because they're not getting paid anything by, like. DoorDash, we DoorDash a lot, we shipped a lot, mm-hmm. so I don't have to leave the house because see medical test subject. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's, it's a premium. We're lucky because we're in a town, but also we're lucky because we can afford to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and we don't have those options. Like, I can pre-order and have them loaded in the car when we get there. Um but even then, I'm at the mercy of, if I say a specific, like, I put jarred beets in my salads every day, right? But there is a specific store brand at that the food line gets that is specific to them that is a spiced jarred beet without any added sugars. It's vinegar, and it's spices, and it's water, and it's perfect it is absolutely perfect i love them but there's another competing brand that is a bigger like 
a national brand that is packed in it, it's still pickled, but it's also packed with um, a high fructose corn syrup, which is a big no-no for me. And yeah. I know that if they're out of the one, they're going to say, can we substitute this other one? Or they'll just substitute the other one. And I'll be like, but I can't. I shouldn't. This is, you know, this is this is death. It's delicious. Don't get me wrong, but it's death because it's packed full of, of high fructose corn syrup. Oh, yeah. I did discover that I have a line in the sand when it comes to food. And if a doctor ever tries to tell me that I can't have cheese again, <laughs> I will <Yeah>. rather die. <laughs> That's never happening again. I'm very unpleasant when I don't have cheese. Cheese is, cheese is one of the... the uh, one of the... Somewhere on the hierarchy of needs. Yeah. You know, you know, um, shelter, cheese, um, you know, companionship, whatever it is. I, you know, but yeah, cheese is right. The uh, sweet potato queens figured it out. It's sweet, salty, fried, not rotten. Those are the four food groups. <laughs> okay, so who are the sweet potato queens? Because this is new to me. Um, oh, something like fifteen years ago. Probably more. A long, long time ago in a land not too far from here. <laughs> when, I was still, when I still lived in, in Rochester Hills, Michigan. Okay. Uh, I was working at Barnes & Noble, and they put out a, a few books. Sweet Potato Queen's Book of Love and Cookbook, I believe. Okay. I'll find it. Yes. Uh it it has recipes. We actually spent one New Year's Eve making recipes out of the book and eating them. <laughs> it was a very good, bad idea, good idea. I think it cost us ten right. years of our life, but, but you know. <laughs> well Every I, so know, often sometimes... you just gotta kinda roll with it. <laughs> the two rash yeah, worth of pig candy were probably too much. Pig I'm candy. Sorry. Only two rashers. Well, there's only four of us. <laughs> Okay. And it wasn't the only, because we had the armadillo dip. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, which is the, you know, big cheese. pile of melted cheese. Then we had the cheese, cheese on top of potatoes. And then we had. Didn't we have know, the Twinkie dessert? The Twinkie cake? I can't remember. It's all sort of a blur after the pig candy, really. We had the, mar <laughs> we had the beer, mar we had the, the beer Ritas, too. Oh. Uh, with it, which is... I wonder there. if those are any good anymore. <laughs> I mean... It was... There was a time when I could drink cheaply, and then I had friends yeah. who introduced me to good things, and, you know, it's ruined me. Uh, well, that's why I, I introduced... Um, when uh, Ray, at his first AnthroCon, I took him uh, to our after-whatever toast, and instead of letting him have the traditional Tullamore dew for these toasts, I made sure he got, I think it was Snow Phoenix. And ruined him for cheap whiskey. And uh, it's the same way that I always have good coffee, and then he was like, at a, he was on an overnight or something, and he was like, the coffee was terrible, Dad, you've ruined me for coffee. I have to have the good stuff now. And I'm like, uh-huh. So I've done my job as a I could do, you know, McDonald's coffee once upon a time, but you guys ruined me. It's awful. 
I gotta be. I, I have to be on a road trip, and then there is there is something specific about truck stop vending machine coffee. I get the same thing with whitener. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't get it with the whitener because the whitener usually has sugar. I always have black coffee, but like there, like the only time I can drink it is on a road trip, and it's like yes, here is truck stop coffee, here is rest stop vending machine coffee. I don't care. That is how I enjoy that coffee. Otherwise, you will not get me near that coffee. Now, the the machines that I'm used to seeing, in the Midwest at least, have the three different options. Black, with whitener, with whitener and sugar. So, so I just get it with whitener. And I like that they call it whitener and not creamer. It's white out. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's not creamer. Often, ours have a fourth option, which is um, which is hot chocolate. They usually have that one, too. I just yeah. don't usually count it because it's not what I'm there for. Well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, the with whitener. And occasionally, I feel the need to get, like, fat-free creamer because basement church coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a specific yeah. flavor that... You know, I don't attend anymore. I am no longer uh, religious, but right. But I grew up Presbyterian, and the large thing of the coffee that the percolator coffee mm-hmm. and the I don't know how old this creamer is, but it's powdered, it. so it's okay. Yep. Yep. And, and styrofoam cups. <laughs> And, and and the little um the little like shortbread cookies or whatever in the shape of flowers with a hole in the middle. We didn't have those. Oh. Uh, we that they rarely had anything other than the just the coffee, unless it was of course like a funeral. Oh right right. Or something. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the big difference between the pro uh, between the uh, Presbyterians and the Lutherans, other than you know. The standing up and the sitting down times. It's, uh, it's yeah. the, we have we, we have cookies and y'all don't. That's yeah, we didn't. <laughs> you know, I think it was actually the stingy. We were at a very rich church. Ah. And we weren't rich, but we were close enough to the rich church. You know, to go to the rich church, and I think they were very much in and out. You go in, you do your hour, hour and a half. You leave again. Right. So, like, we didn't ever attend church on Easter or Christmas because those were the days that the the, the sinners who were just there twice a year went. Uh, yeah, the CNEs. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't. My parents didn't make us go those two days. <laughs> we had to go at least twice a week. Every other week. Because you had youth ministry as well. Right. You yeah. Know. See, ours when when our church moved to the other side of town, um, a lot of that sort of thing dropped off because it was on the other side of town, and you know we're not going to drive through Raleigh rush hour traffic <laughs> more than once a week to go to church or extra church functions. Um, when it was, I want to say maybe less than ten minutes from the house before we got the big fancy building, then yeah, it was. Uh, it was different, you know. It was like, sure, we will, we will do this and that and the other. But now, now you're making it so that you know, <clears throat> you're saying things like, "When are you going to move over here to the good side of town?" And we're like, "Uh, okay, now we have a problem." 
Well, I mean, we, uh, you know, but part of the, the whole, like, rediscovering the church copy and thing was back to needing to stock the house. Right. For supplies, and we couldn't go to the, the grocery store more than once every two weeks. Because you yeah. tried to space out the time. I'm bringing us mm-hmm. back to things that have changed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will say that for a while we were buying um, specifically five-pound bags of beans, right? When it was Liz and Shepard and Ursula and myself, and we're all drinking coffee, um, this was just, this was before Ursula had to stop drinking regular coffee because of the ADHD meds. Um, yeah, but I, we would, I would just make a pot in the morning and then it would be like, yes, uh, we should have at least 10 pounds of beans in the house at any given time. Um, as people have gone to their own places, hallelujah, um, it's it's down to Ursula buys a case of the decaf K cups that she likes, and I just have um, the coffee pods for my Nespresso machine delivered when I'm I have less than five sleeves left, five being fifty of the little pods. So five sleeves, yeah. So um, I usually just use the K cups, and I'm fine yeah. with the donut brand. Oh yeah, the the. Buy the huge bucket at Sam's of them. Yeah, I am. Um, uh, I, I always would the higher. Yeah, but um, I guess one of the things is that also I became aware when we were before the kids moved out before the pandemic. I became really aware of how many K cups I I was drinking, mm-hmm. and what the waste footprint of that was. And so that was one of the reasons I moved to grind my own and use beans and all that stuff. Um, and then I found out that, you know, all of the Nespresso pods are made out of recyclable aluminum, and they make it very easy for you to ship your used pods back to them so they can crush them, clean them, and, you know, uh, remold them into yeah. other things. Um, I, uh, I only consume one cup of coffee a day. Uh, because okay. of the, the whole stage one kidney uh, failure. Yeah. But it's not actually something they've told me to do. It's just... Mm-hmm. Um, you stopped sleeping when you were doing more than that. Yeah, you know I don't really sleep much to begin with. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a con thing. That's an always thing. So <laughs> I, I want to touch on something... Um, that you just you you mentioned before we started recording, but we didn't mention uh, we didn't talk about once we started recording, and that is you just mentioned uh, the fact that at, so you opened the door on this one um, oh, yeah. is that you have uh, uh, you're currently undergoing stage one kidney failure. Yes, uh, it's not as bad as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a rare condition called Elport syndrome. It causes scar tissue in the kidneys. Untreated, it would be a very bad thing. Um, But it's just a pill a day. Um, And the doctor doesn't think I should need more than a pill a day for the next 20 years. So basically a pill a day forever. Yeah, I'm already on blood thinners twice a day for forever. And so I think I take three or four pills every morning and five mm-hmm. pills every night. So 
But I mean, that's been for a long time that there have been various pills. So yeah, I have a yeah. pack. It's actually a really good way to stay organized. I have yeah. a um, it's a travel med kit. Yep. Um, it's five. It's a it's a week worth of pills, and every Wednesday I dish out all of my pills for the entire week. Mm-hmm. And um, I take I have an alarm on my phone which desperately needs a new ringtone. because i've gotten to the point that i just turn it off um but yeah i just dish out all the pills every day into the i'll send you a link to it later yeah well um because yeah i have one for me that i i do the same thing except i do both mine and ursula's Mm -hmm. um because Adding one more thing for her to remember in the pre-diagnosis was a recipe for she's going to forget. And in the post, it's just like, I'm already here filling mine. I'll fill hers at the same time. Um, So, yeah, we both have our seven days. It's just instead of her doing her own, I do both of ours at the same time. I can see doing that if I was doing, if you had anything you had to take in a... I keep extra. I have a four slots in mine per day. Vitamins in one, and I have a fourth slot where I keep, you know, Tylenol, Advil, Benadryl, and I'm not supposed to take Advil, Mm. but I keep it because a number of people I know take Advil, (laughs) so I just always have it. Uh, And it's it's really easy and. Um, my doctors have a portal system, so I get an okay. email before appointments, and I get a call and a text reminder. So, and it's and I put it in my our calendar app. I am so glad they're not doing the paper stuff anymore. But, but yeah, we used to half get, the time we would get a notice of like, oh, your appointment is this day, and it would already have changed. And then, like, the next week, we get a different one. I Yeah, I since I go to a small, family-owned private practice, I'll get a phone call from the receptionist, who, you know, at this point, I've known for 12, 15 years. And it's like, uh, oh, yeah, the doctor's good. So the doctor planned their vacation for the time that we set up the appointment two months ago. So, okay, we, we can reschedule. It's... it's um, but were I going to a bigger practice uh, that was covered by my insurance, it would probably be, you know, there are, like, I believe Ursula, the practice Ursula goes to has portal has a portal and online patient check-ins and all that stuff. Whereas, well, the other you know, thing once like every is, three months. <laughs> the other thing I like about it is I get all my test results through it, too. So I can yeah. look through everything, have a selection of questions to ask the doctor in my phone, where I can pull them up, ask them, make notes. I love telemedicine appointments for follow-ups. Oh, yeah. You know, because all the times that you've gone in the office just to be like, oh, everything looks fine. Like, I literally took an hour and a half out of my day <laughs> to come and oh, do what? Yeah. My, I, my results are not ever, never, everything looks yeah. fine. I, I was going to say an hour and a half. Uh, I No matter what kind of appointment it is, I have to take a half day because of how far they are. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah I schedule it. 
The furthest one of my doctors is 20 minutes. However, I have to leave at least half an hour early if I'm going to um, the U of M, University of oh, Michigan, yeah. has a large medical center in downtown Ann Arbor. And right. this is where I have finally, I used to laugh at my aunt because this was the silliest thing I've ever heard and was such privilege. Um, when you think about it in her context. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's turned out to be very useful finally. Like, yeah. But she looked at me one day when I was parking, actually closer than the valet stand was to the door, and said, mm-hmm. oh, honey, life's too short to park your own car. <laughs> and um, one day I went to go to my medical appointment, and I had to call and tell them I was going to be late because – I drove all the way up the parking garage, and it was solid cars. Right. Right, right. It wasn't like I was the only one there. There was a line of cars just vulturing up the the place, and I couldn't – there wasn't a single parking space there. So I pulled in, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to valet park it, and it was still another 20 minutes to valet park it. Um. Because everyone else had the same experience. Because everyone else went, oh, crud. Yeah. Um, And I was from now on, I just leave half an hour early, Mm -hmm. park the car with the valet. It's $3 more than the parking garage costs. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) And and I try to tip them. Oh, yeah. Depending on how fast they are. Depending on, yeah, if they're. Some of those guys, I swear, teleport. Like, no money. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm familiar. Um, can we take a quick break? Because one, I have a cat on my desk, and two, it occurs to me that I've finished almost this entire tall boy of sparkling water. Um, yes, we can take a yeah, break. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we, so I'll be right back after this. Uh, they'll probably still be here. Um, should I leave it recording and just edit out later? Or, uh, sure, because whatever there's your cat you. might talk to the cat. <laughs> Our cat might join the room. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we go behind Kevin's back and say that he's really awesome, and this show is awesome, and I hope that he is having a great time. I hope you all are having a great time listening to him. What horrible secrets will you reveal? Ah, horrible secrets, horrible secrets. I don't have any horrible secrets. Uh, and, you know, I have listened to, I've listened all the way through all but one or two episodes. Um, so, and that is saying something because when someone hands me a uh, productivity book, I react. Poorly. Poorly is a good word for that. Uh, my dad attempted to pay me to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I refused. So, yay! Kevin does a very great job. Now, I need to take off my sweater. It's hot in here. Bum, bum, bum.
Because I was running the cardigan. <laughs> Old people can always. What, you want to talk about the Rich Dad's Poor Dad uh, board game? Oh, dear God, that is the worst board game ever. Oh, thank you. Uh, Cashflow Quadrant is the name of the Rich Dad Poor Dad game. Don't don't get it. No, don't. get it. It's awesome. Okay, if you need birth control. I mean, it was great birth control. It was great birth control. You know, it's basically Monopoly with two levels. The inside level is the rat race. Yeah, the outside was the rat race. The inside no. was the... Was it? Yeah. You had yeah. to get to the inside of it? You had to get to the inside of it. Oh, if you okay. had kids in the outside of it, you couldn't get to the inside of it. Well, certainly not as easily. That no. was great. Your yeah, sister had like twenty five people still there. working. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, Welcome sometimes, back. yeah. Sometimes when um, when I walk away, or if I turn off and turn the microphone back on for some reason while we're recording, it stops working, and I have to rebind the whole thing. So um, it, it's a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes. I, I never know. I'm gonna like. There have been times when Ursula, we, we take our break between recording the opening and the closing, and Ursula forgets to unclap her, un, unclap, unclip her microphone, <laughs> goes into the kitchen or something, comes back, and then her microphone has to be, like, power cycled because it's completely forgotten that it's supposed to be talking to the, excuse me, wireless base here. Um, so, and I think we've noticed there's been a big shift between uh, how you were running your business before, mm-hmm. how you had to run your business with everything virtual, and now accommodations as things have started to open back up and in-person events, uh, whether smart or not, are starting to happen. What has all of that looked like? Well, when was the last time we did this? Uh, it was before the. It was five years ago, I think. Okay. It couldn't have been so, five years ago because we haven't hit the five year mark on the. Uh, four years. On the, yeah. It was the first year. But I was thinking, you know, 2019, <laughs> we're doing 20 shows, so yeah. we are on the road almost every other week until like December through January. Yeah. So yeah. December, January, and half of February is our downtime. The, right. rest of the rest of the year we had shows pretty much every other weekend. Well, we had eight of them in a row at one point. That was nuts. Yeah. You know, so like you come out of that and you go into 2020 going, you know what? We need to do less shows. Yeah, so I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> we told ourselves we needed to have a light year in 2020. Uh, and <laughs> we had a very light I year. Mean... <clears throat> There was a February we had uh, first squared, and that was the last convention before lockdown. Yep. Right. And uh, I don't know. The weird thing is, you know, like I was talking about Laura with this mm-hmm. earlier, it changes what you mean by productivity. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Are we trying to earn money? No, we're trying to find toilet paper. Um <laughs> And, you know, we went from, like, hunting supplies to once that sort of, like, got okay, we're raising money for conventions and their charities because without an event, some 
conventions went under, some charities barely scraped by without, yep. you know, major fundraising efforts. Well, instead of doing a show every other weekend, every weekend we were doing a charity online event. And there was three months in a row that it was every single weekend because it was either for a convention, for a charity, or for a funeral. Yeah. Because we did um, funeral charity shows. Mm-hmm. Um, or to help someone who's going to be evicted or. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of causes, but, you know, it's one of those, like, how much art were we doing? Well, one a week because I was doing one every week. Well, we were we weren't doing the same art, though. No, it was smaller because, pieces. Because we started doing the whole monster mashups thing. Yes. Where you're just drawing live whatever random two things I can smash together to annoy you. <laughs> that that so may be the be best reading, way. I. He would be reading the audience chat, and he would ask them for items and animals. And then he would pick what he liked and tell me, okay, draw a... Um, Horrible... F- Fish, you know, with big pointy teeth sticking mm-hmm. out of the side of its head, and you know, a teddy bear. Have fun. <laughs> or the, I was thinking of the lion with the beer sign. <laughs> There's an adorable kitty behind you. So, it actually was the second year. I'm looking at it right now of the show because ah. it was episode 61. Okay. Um, which would have been year two, uh, September 2018. So a good year and a half before everything went sideways. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, at that point we were doing. Oh, we're doing the same. We're doing no, we're doing like twelve shows because we ratcheted it up for 2019 to as much as we could fit in, and still, you know, like be in the same rough geographic region. Yes, because we we didn't leave the Midwest except for one show. We went out to um, Tiny Paws. Yeah, out in Baltimore. Yeah. But we always do, like, one that's further afield. So, I mean, that wasn't so outrageous. We try to stretch our audience Mm -hmm. uh, once a year, but not not this year or last year. But, yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, popping out of 2020 into 2021 – we did five shows for the year, and all those were in the second half of the year as things cooled mm. down. And all but one of them were outside. Yeah. Yeah. Because my current rule is it has to either be outside or it has to be um, <clears throat> a show that requires uh, vaccines and masks. Because immunocompromised. Right. Being, you know, yay or nay to other people. You all make your own choices. But right? I have to be, be careful. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the outdoor shows were weird, considering there's a finite amount of room on the tent. Mm-hmm. Um, and in general, every previous year, it's tents side by side, just enough room for, like, you know, putting down the flaps on the side. That's it. Um, and then it was social distancing. Yeah. So suddenly we have an outside of the tent to do because we have 10 feet between tents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which actually has some sense because if, if the day is nice, we can roll up the sides and the mesh walls allow airflow. Right. So if there's a tent right next to us, 
like for a second it was like, oh, seriously, we're going to tent like, social distance. Like they can't get anything. How does that work? And then when you're in it, you realize, well, if you have the flaps up and you have the mesh walls, everything. <laughs> the gets... person is six inches from your face. On in there. Yeah. Chest. Versus ten feet away, and there's a better airflow. So, because when the weather was bad, I'm like, is this an outdoor space anymore? Like. Right. It's raining, so we have the side walls down, we have the back wall down, we have the clear front. So there's a door. Mm-hmm. It's not an outdoor space anymore. <laughs> but I'm yeah. But I was just thinking, you know, going into that stuff, we slowed down a lot because right. we didn't basically sell many new pieces in 2020. So we were just accumulating because the art goes on regardless. And like, I, just, I know. And I do by hand. It's all mm-hmm. all by hand, so there is a hard copy of everything. Slowly accumulating. And we scan them in, and usually uh, someone you also know has a party uh, they call Burn, and we take anything I'm not going to sell mm-hmm. up to Burn and throw it in the fire. Oh, wow. And much but you like have scans, at least, yeah. Tossed her pottery into the trash can. I That wasn't mm-hmm. where the idea came from. The idea came from just clearing up space. I heard her story after it, but like... Yeah. Well, I mean, it if, just, if it's not going to sell, I'm not going to give it away. You know? Eventually that devalues it. So... And if we have a scan, I can make another print someday. If somebody right. goes, oh, but I loved that one rabbit in a Sunday more than life itself. Well, and the funny thing about it is when we're throwing out the extra prints into the fire, they mm. make the prettiest colors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I use archival paper and archival inks. It actually took five minutes for the prints to catch fire. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize my, my prints were fire-resistant until then. Oh, yeah. And then but and then the pigments will pigment will will burn off and they have the color rea- different color reactions. And, and, yeah, and they're purple oh, yeah. and they're blue and they're orange. It was so pretty. It was a good thing we were outside burning them. because <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't want to breathe it in in concentrated form. But, yep. you know, since we were selling less, you had more time to do bigger stuff. Yes. So I've done, I do, I'm doing bigger pieces now. In fact, I'm currently yeah. laying out a piece that will mat uh, that will frame to 18 by 24. And then you're going to want me then you're gonna yeah. want me to figure out how to move it. I think it'll still fit in the containers that you bought me. I, it, was, it was funny. Um, Ursula's motivation around I want to do a big piece was always around I don't have very much space. So, like, she was in a one-bedroom apartment, and her living room was already crowded with her stuff, and so she did a piece that was, I mean, massive. Like, it, it took, I think she had to borrow a friend's pickup truck to get the uh, the the board home for it, the canvas home for it. And and it's beautiful, and I believe it still hangs on his wall to this day. Um, and then once she had moved in here and taken over the room over the garage, she's doing, like, little tiny pieces all the time. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> Really, but when she was in like what is now the guest bedroom, which is a nine by nine, she was doing these big pieces again, and I'm like, really, really. 
know, <laughs> we can barely get this up the stairs, really. So I, I dig it. I dig it. Well, and a lot of the areas we're selling in, mm-hmm. um, they we're gonna be selling in Rochester Hills, Michigan, in Bloomfield mm-hmm. Hills, Michigan, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Like they are, yeah, they're higher end art shows. They're higher end art shows with bigger, bigger walls to put things on. Yeah, so we're competing against somebody who has, you know, a 10-foot-wide oil painting. And all they've done is striped it. Oh, I was thinking more of the guy who did the amazing poppies but spent the day, you know, drunk in the uh, sushi place. he was laundering money for the Russian mob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, art art shows are interesting places. Um, Yeah, and and I found that out because that was in his bio. I went to his bio. And it said he grew, was born in Russia, and when he lived in Russia, he worked for the mob, and the mob chose that he was going to go to art school and he was going to become an artist. And he, and then he he left the mob, uh-huh. <laughs> and now he's touring the world selling art. Except he'd sell a piece and then disappear into the bar for the entire day drinking vodka. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We know, um, yeah, who bought that one piece, too. Um, and, and he was selling that one piece for, like, thousands of dollars. But you know, if you sell a piece for $10,000 at, like, 10 in the morning, I'm probably calling it for the bar, too. I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Like, it's against the rules. Oh, well, that's a... Well, actually, it depends. I guess your rules or the show rules? The show's rules. Most of these okay. outdoor shows have rules about how much time the actual artist has to be in the mm-hmm. tent. Oh, okay. Yeah, because otherwise I'm going to hire my friends to go sit in tents at shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, but he can still go because he's not the actual artist. He, he can, can still leave, go sit but then he'd, yeah. he'd be leaving me all alone, and he'd have to come back home at night. <laughs> Oh yeah, that is that is always sort of a, a drawback. The the I have to come back home at night. So I, yeah, I be more the you're gonna go shopping across oh, the street and you know yeah we need that you know giant wooden box thingy that's very cool and we both have no purpose for. I mean <laughs> that will probably happen too. Store but, the art. That's you know. So yeah, like so we started doing shows again, but they actually got. We did, we're not doing as many, but they got a lot busier. Okay. Because no one is browsing anymore. People aren't going out to just check out the show. They have something in mind. Right. So it wasn't as packed, but we actually couldn't keep up with demand. And I mean, that was so, with three, yeah. three of us. So we have Laura just talking with people, just initiating sales and getting things out right, of their right. hand to the next person who's doing nothing but showing me so I can, you know, record them in the system so they can pay. Mm-hmm. And then we're matting things literally as fast as we can. And I'm throwing them into the chair behind Laura. So we can throw them back into the bin so more people can see them. Right. And people towards the back are looking at the line and walking past because there's too long of a line. Yeah, right. And uh, there's no more room in the tent. So, like, there's nowhere... Like, I can't hire another person. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... They just hang from the ceiling. It'd be great. 
<laughs> you repel it's... down like Mission Impossible. Dump, 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 dump. I, you know, I think I think that kind of mirrors what we were seeing at Magfest. There were significantly fewer people, um, mm-hmm. but it even though it was sort of distance, it felt so much bigger, busier, um, because everything that like we had to do as a group. But by the way, for those who don't know, Laura works with with me in the Dorsai Regulars, and so does Bill. Um, but uh, we. Um, so when people came to security, it was with a purpose and something needed to happen. It wasn't just, you know, random people. Like, we in prior years, we'd have people wondering, going, oh, what's this about? Or we'd have lulls because there would be things going on. And it seemed to be much more, you know, nonstop. And not just because we had... Uh, you have frozen. There were... Yeah. There we go. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, but it, it, it wasn't just because we had a smaller crew. Uh, there were an appropriate downsize in attendees. I think it was also because the attendees who were there were very specific about what they were doing, whether they were there to, you know, party, play video games, etc., etc. So... I didn't even get into the video game room once to play. Like, yeah. I walked it. <laughs> but, yeah, same, same. And I walked um, nine miles a day. Okay. I filled the ring on my iPhone at least twice every day. Um, yep. So, you know, that ruins, like, at the end of the week, then it's like, boy, you should really move up your average. And I'm like, ha, 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 no. <laughs> um, but also, when we're planning now, when we're planning mm-hmm. events, we're building in the time now to, and the, we, we're buying, a, we have to think ahead enough to have the supply of tests. And then we're testing before we go anywhere. And then we're waiting three days when we come back to test again before right. we go to pick up the cat. So events where we used to be able to say, okay, so it's Thursday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come home, unload Monday is now. Yeah. Test Thursday, set up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sells, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, wait, test again, then. Well, and I mean, yeah. people we would stay with before, you know, that's a question. Like, yeah, we could just stay with these people, but then we're exposing them. And that's, I don't know, mm-hmm. feels weird. Yeah, we make it their choice. Have- um, we have a, a much more of a, okay, we're going to be back from a thing. This is how long, you know, this is how long um, we have to stay home. And also, like, you know, there are people who depend on our house for things. Like, this is where Shepard does their laundry. Um, some of Liz's mail still comes here, right? And so we have to do, like, okay, you know, um, does Shepard's mail need to be moved out to the front porch once or twice uh, uh, during that time period, depending on how many boxes have come in or, um, uh, you know, things along those lines. Um, or, Shepard, do your laundry before we get home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, like, there's more planning than there was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're spacing things out more. Because there used to be one show, I'm not going to name the show because they proved themselves to be, 
questionable people. Questionable people. Right. Um, they called me asking me to do the show, and I said, well, what under what conditions would you close the show if the government didn't close? Right. Um, and they said, we... Well, if the government doesn't close, we would have the show. And I said, well, what about the, the R, you know, yeah. the, the R rate? And she said, what's the R rate? And I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> you don't know infection. Yeah, yeah. No, um, uh, a couple of shows I've talked to, it's like, we have to move forward. Because if we don't move, if the government doesn't shut us down, and if we decide to close, we will be bankrupt in penalties. Like, it now is taking an external force for shows or events to be able to stop and close. um, Because they are, uh, because they literally cannot take the chance of, if we don't do it, we can't afford to have the next one. Um, yeah. Or the one after that, or the one after that. So Which is we're spoiled by cons, though, yeah. because most of the people we know who are in that position are going all right. If we have to have it, we're going to have it yeah. as safe as we absolutely can. And even they usually have a breaking point. Yeah. They're going to say, at this point, it is not going to be worth having. It, it varies by event. Um, I know some who are like. If we don't have, like, literally, um, if we don't have it, we will be bankrupt and we will not be able to ever have this event again. It'll be done. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of the events that I talk to and am involved with are running that close to the margin, if not at a loss. And, you know, the funded primarily by the love of their, you know, board of directors or whoever. Oh, yes. But But I know some of them have actually said, you know, even if at a certain point, it's not worth continuing to have it. Right. If it looks this bad. Right. But as mm-hmm. things are reopening, like some of the art shows that we used to go to, um, if you go to their websites right now, they have no policies. Right. They, they're not going to be spacing. There won't be hand sanitizer. There won't be any concessions whatsoever. Life is good. Life is back to normal. And you're like, nah, I would like it. Uh, trust me, I would definitely like it. I'd be thrilled. I'm a people person, sort of. Right? Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 and I think I'm that's... a, I'm a friends people person. Mm-hmm. And friends of friends, but sometimes turns out strangers, maybe not so much. <laughs> I think, and I think a lot of it varies by. Uh, this is this is the sad part of the pandemic. Um, and the U.S. response is a lot of it varies by state and local reactions. And like, you know, in Carborough, just north of me, uh, Chapel Hill Carborough, which is known for being a liberal hotbed of, you know, with the colleges and, and hippies even to this day and all that sort of thing. Like, yeah, if they're going to do an outdoor thing, there'll be masks and, and vaccine requirements and this, that and the other. Uh, but down the road in Greensboro... You know, it's like we have a sign-up that says you must be masked, but no one actually really cares once you're inside the venue. And it's like, you know, whereas 
I just bought tickets to a show in Raleigh, and the show in Raleigh is like, okay, you're going to have to have proof of vaccination. You're going to be masked at all times. Da, 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 da. And so um, it's it's very interesting in how individualistic the responses tend to be. And frankly, having to make those decisions, okay, here's a band I want to see, but oh, they're going to go to a club that I know is just like, we don't care, do whatever. And I'm like, no, uh-uh. Yeah. Well, we had a problem with that at one of the shows in a conservative area, which yeah. for y'all who haven't gone to my website or looked at things, I had I draw tiny little anthropomorphic animals with large food and drinks. Mm-hmm. And I had on the outside of my wall a picture of elephants eating elephant ears, which yeah. are... But not a, elephant ears, the no, pastry. The pastry elephant ears. Because they're right. deep, they're deep fried confection covered in cinnamon sugar. They're delicious, and I can't eat them. Yes. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I know. I can't eat them because if I I developed a gluten allergy in 2020. But if I have one at like the state fair every year, it's not it's not that bad. If I were going like to the local place and saying yes, please. To one every like two weeks, that would be a different story, you know. Well, moderation. that's the thing. All of these events had outdoor food trucks and stuff, and we're in the Midwest, so every other week, if I'm at an outdoor oh, yeah. show, <laughs> there's access to elephant ears. So I shouldn't have them. But um, there was people forget. So when we have these mesh walls, I don't know why, but they're magic, and people don't realize there's someone behind the wall. Oh, dear, yes. So the elephant ears and the elephants are on the outside, and a numerous number of people stopped at them, looked at them, and said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she's so political. Okay. <laughs> Which was great, because there are political things, but they were on the inside. Like, I have an entire wall of LGBTQAI art. Right. I... At every convention, at least one teenager comes in and says, is that, I haven't told anyone else, but I'm changing my pronouns. And I'm like, good for you, you know. And But they didn't even see that. They didn't come into the tent. Right. They looked at elephants eating pastries and thought, that's political. And I'm really still confused. But I asked the guy behind me, and apparently he, he does um, little fish statues. They were very pretty. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, they said at times, they'll get people coming in and here into his tent and saying, all of your fish are facing left. You're too political. You're, you're, you must be a liberal. Or they're all facing right or whatever. There are too yeah, many red okay. ones in here. Yeah. Oh. And it's really interesting now because that was not a problem in mm-hmm. in 2019. Uh, even when they would see the LGBTQAI, they'd kind of go, uh, and they'd leave. But they wouldn't have a discourse about conservative liberal directly in and around my tent. Yeah. Occasionally, I'd get a young lady for someone who thought they should explain to me how, uh, you know, they 
feel I'm doing wrong or something. But even that didn't usually work too often because I just explain to people who tell me how wrong I am with my LGBTQAI art that uh, that's fine. Any purchase they make that day will be donated to the Trevor Project. I just straight up tell people that these are these are our beliefs, and if you you know want to disagree, that's fine. But uh, and keep it to yourself, and maybe you don't need to be listening. Um, well, like I said, I just tell them anything they buy, I'm going to take that money and give it to uh, to, to a gay organization. Uh-huh. <laughs> so usually they leave. Yeah, but it's always surprising I, because I look young. Um, and I'm not. Me and Ursula are the same age. Yeah. Uh, it's always surprising how people feel they can tell me what I should believe. I don't have this problem. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, mean, this, yeah. I, I wonder what the problem is. What well, jolly gee shucks. Feet is high. Uh, <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Yeah. And uh yes. But that is little to do with productivity. <laughs> no, but but it's it's interesting because now here are things that you're it does have an impact on your productivity because these are things that you didn't necessarily have to be aware of beforehand. Like you know, like I, uh, I think at this point it's it's like the story of uh, last time I was interviewing for jobs, or when I was interviewing for jobs. I want to say two jobs ago, three jobs ago, and um, I, I went to one place and interviewed. And aside from it being um, an antagonistic interview, I had already been warned going in that, you know, I should uh, make sure I have a notebook and make sure I take notes because they'd had people rejected because they didn't have a notebook. And then when they did have a notebook, they didn't take notes. And like, I'm already like on edge because I've also heard bad things about the company and the working conditions. And, um, but you know, job's a job when you're unemployed, right? Um, uh, but uh, the actual rejection came in this time. They're like, oh, yeah, no, you, you know, we really want you to meet our CTO. You'd be working closely with him, although, you know, working for the manager I was interviewing with. And then he comes back and he says, well, um, so the you were wearing boots at the interview? I'm like, yeah, I was wearing black Doc Martens. I don't see what the problem is. He's like, yeah, so uh, the the... Manager, the hiring manager is ex-military, and since you were not military, feels that uh, those boots were disrespectful because you weren't mil- their military style and you weren't in the military. And I'm like, okay, hold up. And like, and also you were wearing a belt with a with a pattern on it. I'm like, yes, a skull pattern. I'm like, yeah, it's a very small skull pattern, but you know, it looks good in contrast with you know the the shirt and the pants and. Anyway, that's part of who I'm like, yeah, he felt that was disrespectful as well and was not business enough. And I'm like, okay. So had I rolled up my sleeves and he saw my tattoos, we see where this would have ended up. And so from that point on, every time I went on a job interview, I wore those Doc Martens and I wore that belt and I rolled up my sleeves so that my tattoos were visible because it occurred to me that if they're going to be that nitpicky, it wasn't a place I wanted to work. 
right? Well, that's and, the great thing now about being self-employed. Right. Because I can tell the people to take a hike. Yeah. Uh, whereas I worked 17 years in retail. And before that, I worked six years in fast food. Mm-hmm. And you got to, like, smile and, and nod and pretend like you're having the best day of your life and go home and cry. Mm-hmm. You know, and, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe well, I'm familiar with the phenomenon, yeah. Yeah. I think we've all seen the signs where, you know, somebody posts in the break room that you can't go back onto the floor until you're done crying. You know. But get onto the floor so just be done crying. Mm. Um, yeah, but there's a, a great freedom that comes with one having the luxury to be able to pick the customer or, yeah. you know, say, this is who I am and this is, and I don't, if I'm not going to make myself miserable to work in this job or I am not here to please you on the other side of the table and if you don't like my art, perhaps you should leave now. Um, that's a privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's also a learned skill. It's something I know Ursula had to to sort of learn because she would be like, I don't know if they come up, I could make a sale, so I have to be nice to all of them. And I'm like, no, you don't. It, until <laughs> a, a particularly memorable visitor to her booth at Anthrocon, and then she was like, all right, that that's it. We're not having this no more. Well, and I told I, her I, one day about the yeah. story of firing a customer. Oh, yeah. I, I had a think. corporate contract, mm-hmm. and the guy made the entire experience miserable. And eventually, I had all of the work done, but I hadn't turned it into a vector graphic yet. Right. Um, and I just gave it all to him and gave, sent him a letter that said, you can take this to, to Staples or Office Max or anything. Here's your permissions letter. Have them turn it into a vector. Have someone else do it. I'm done. Keep the rest of the money. I'm going to keep what you've already paid me. Yeah. And see you later. And uh, he didn't have fault with it because he never contacted me again. Yeah. Um, but and you've got to do what's right for you because that was stopping me from doing anything. Yeah. I I find it interesting to watch people. So there is, there is a learning curve and watching people learn and seeing how free it makes them when they realize that, wait a minute, um, uh, to quote the song, which I will put a link to on the YouTube link to, um, uh, there, there was a song that came across as a meme uh, 20 years ago, maybe, and it was just, just this, this guy saying, this is a song to help you um, get through the day. And the lyrics were basically, I ain't going to take this shit no more. I mean, that was the whole song. And I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, the, the, and I can tell someone they need to fire a customer and they'll say, no, but I need the money. And I'm like, but they aren't paying you. You are essentially working for free, and they're holding you hostage to some, and you have to let it go because all they're going to do is make it worse, right? Mm-hmm. 
And just like the song you sent me from the one, I'll send you this link too. But there's a song yeah, yeah, in yeah. just a teeny bit. Costs as much because it takes me effing hours. <laughs> <laughs> Costs as much because I don't have superpowers. And that's where I stop in. No copyright strike. Yeah, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you that link so you can put it in your notes too. And it, it's just, yeah, you've got to learn about um, sunk, sunk cost fallacy. Yes. Like at a certain point, you're not making money. Because they've taken so many hours, you're not doing anything mm-hmm. else. Um, and you've got to learn to to cut the people go. Now, if they're nice and it's taking me forever, I may still not be able to tell them no because they're so nice. Nice, <laughs> nice goes a long way in helping with yes. like get past it. But if if they're already like if they're causing you pain, if they're keeping you awake at night, if they're they're like there is people don't seem to realize that there is a physical cost to that stress, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, I don't know why I haven't been sleeping, and I got to get this project done for this really tough customer who's just not letting me. And I'm, and I'm like just staring at them, thinking that is you are that is purely stress induced by this, and you're just not seeing it. Um, yep. And that's important to learn, for, and it does affect yeah. your productivity because you're not doing anything else. Now, if someone tells yeah. me not to do something, I am way more likely to do it. <laughs> yeah, or um, or you're not capable. Anytime, if I, uh, for a while, if I looked at a style of art and I said, not knowing it was her superpower, and I said, there's no way you could do something like that. It's just you're not capable. Ursula would have to go out and prove me wrong. Because one of her, because her superpower is being able to look at pretty much any type of art and reverse engineer it in her head, the technique. Yeah. Which is absolutely. Well, I've watched other artists just want to cry after thinking, you know, look at this great thing I did. And Ursula's like, oh yeah, you did this, that, and the other, and you've done this before. Oh no, but it's pretty obvious that, and they just want to cry because, <laughs> but that's her superpower. Sergey, don't do that. Yes. Musical, um, you're a good boy. Yeah. Sorry, we had a cat trying to jump up on the desk too. <laughs> well, he's not jumping. He's on the desk. He's he's much more of the uh, you're not paying attention to me, so I'm going to shove everything off the desk, which you know included my car keys. So I. Yeah, there's a cat tree right next to the desk. So he was doing the thing he does with the cat tree to get praise. And he'd come up, way, sort yeah. of up here. The, the best I way to get the praise, or he would keep scratching until he scratched us. <laughs> I, I was going to say, the best way to make sure that a, a cat thing doesn't get used by Sergey is to put it in my office where it would amuse him. <laughs> well, this is technically, before the pandemic, this was the cat's room. Oh, I see, I see, yeah. So uh, And now it's Bill's room slash the cat's room. Right, because that's going to be another change you had to make, is that Bill was working from home. Yep. Uh, continues to work from home. Yes, and, yeah. But you need a place for that. You can't just do it at the kitchen table, uh, so many people have learned. Or if you do it at the kitchen table, you have to be very deliberate about setting boundaries. Well, I mean, the real problem is conference calls, right? You know, at the end of the day, you're, somebody's going to go, 
can we talk right now? And the answer can't be too many times. Well, you know, not right now. I have the TV on and <laughs> this show's real I, interesting. I, I will say that uh, the, my company being a global company already worked that sort of thing out. So if they're like, hey, can we talk about this? And say, yes, but not right now. I'm at the end of my day. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll put something on your calendar tomorrow when we overlap. Right? Because culturally, we'd already worked around that. He can say it to a certain extent, but mm -hmm. sometimes... It depends on who it is. Yeah. But... He doesn't need to see your starfish. That's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, the biggest real problem is just, you know, yeah, you got to control some noise. You have to make sure you know what your background looks like. Oh, yeah. You know. He um, sends me a text of all of his me uh, meetings during the day so I can make sure I'm not running the dishwasher or the laundry or getting a shower because his room is right next to the bathroom, which has the water pipes in the wall. Yeah. What can I say? The house is small. It's, it's, you know, it's not small for two people. It's just, Small for it's two people house. plus two offices is the it's, issue. Yeah, it's, it's small for two people with two home jobs. Yeah. Uh, the only, because of the position of the master bathroom upstairs, like those pipes are like right through the ceiling of my office. So it's not normally a problem, like when I'm on conference calls, but when we were recording Hidden Almanac, the microphone, some of the earlier microphones I was using were so sensitive that Ursula would take a shower or flush or something while I was trying to get that recorded, and then I'd have to go re-record it because it picked up the water sounds. Um, obviously, so that, you know, yeah. over two years, the noise canceling has gotten so much better. Not as big a deal as it was. Um, but the problem, I, problem is that this door always has to remain open mm -hmm. because his litter box is in here. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's not been the noise canceling on the microphones like everybody accepts, and we also have a very good culture of if you're not talking mute mm -hmm. in our organization, um, the noise canceling on headphones has gotten tremendously better. I, I will say that. Um, well, the, I mean, we, at yeah. the start of the pandemic, we'd have one of those like, oh, I'm sorry, my neighbor's you know using a leaf blower while I'm talking, you know, right, no big right. deal. But it's become people will say that and you're like i can't hear anything so don't yeah. worry about it just go ahead um like one of my coworkers, her four sons were home and apparently creating total havoc and she's like oh i'm sorry you can hear that it's like i can't hear a thing i an improvement in the equipment makes a big difference especially with like directional microphones versus omni like a lot of the old microphones were omnidirectional the the microphone i think for the webcam, which I don't use, is omnidirectional, not focused. And so, like, yeah, if I were using that, you would hear all sorts of extra noise. By using the, uh, you know, my little clip-on wireless setup here, it's um, it's much more broadcast quality. But I have an excuse to buy all those upgrades. <laughs> now, technology also is important, too, because early in the pandemic, my hearing aids broke. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving the house. I don't want to go in to have another hearing test to get hearing aids right. and everything. I'm just going to pretend that nothing is wrong. Like, just 
He knows that they're broken. We have to make sure we're looking at each other face to face, but we can adapt. Right. After five months, I think it was, I finally went in because they were past fixing. It wasn't, you know, it was a time for a new whole shebang. Right. Uh, I went in, got, you know, the whole hearing test, got new hearing aids, finally got hearing aids that were right for me. And I didn't realize that I had been experiencing a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. because I wasn't hearing things. Because uh, if you don't, uh, uh, if you don't hear the little noises in the, your environment, think about like how do you know something's gone wrong in the woods? All the animals go quiet. Right. Well, suddenly everything has gone quiet. Which is interesting because my my sister and we have a Twitter thread about this. Um, uh, recently got her first set of hearing aids. She's younger than I am, and I'm the one who goes to the loud rock and roll shows. But I use these days I use ear protection. But whatever. Um, she's like, did you know that like when your legs move on a chair, it makes noises? Has everybody always been able to hear these? And we're like. Yes. And uh, and having to explain that it will go away. You're hypersensitive now because you're not used to it anymore. Right. Yep. So for her, it's been a whole other shift of anxiety around, oh, my God, what's that noise? Even but, even now, which we I'll even say, think oh it's a God, perfectly normal noise. Like, it's the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, does it always do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as when you're hearing, when, you, when you're a hearing person and you you hear the noises, you're hearing them. You're just tuning them out. Right. When you actually cannot hear them anymore, suddenly are your appliances working? Is the laundry turned off? Is your basement? You don't you don't know if something's going wrong. And I didn't realize that that was what was going on, why I was so anxious, because it was also the new pandemic. So I was like, maybe it's just, yeah, yeah, I was. So I'm stressed out. Well, everyone's stressed out. It's the pandemic. (laughs) Uh, The having our dishwasher break early in the pandemic and having to do hand hand wash dishes for almost a year. By the way, I do not recommend that. No. Yeah. Um, we had a month and a half we had to hand, and I don't want to do it for a year. But we, we got a new dishwasher that was quieter than the old one, which seems excessively loud because we didn't have one for a while. But on the other hand, um, now we don't notice when it's running because we're used to it being louder. Yeah. You know? Um, so, but... These are, I mean, like, these are things that are that are changing the quality of life, but that wouldn't have been quite the same issue in normal times, because in normal times, you would have just been like, well, I guess I got to go get new hearing aids. Yeah. And went and done and it. I would have yeah. just well, made the appointment. And... and when you were out, you weren't, you know, making sure people didn't sneak up on you. Right. You know? Because you couldn't hear anyone behind you, so you're constantly looking around you. Oh, I have to go shopping because there's chips not available this week. And right. I can't hear the other shoppers. And you won't wear the pool noodle hat that one guy made. No. <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, uh, but now these ones also have featured heavily with the home office setup 
because I used to watch while I did my art all day, like mm-hmm. Forensic Files and Law and Order, which I heard you are rebinging. And I finished. I'm completely caught up on SVU, and now I'm waiting for the new episodes to come out this week. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> so I had to, you know, I switched over to listening to um, the murder podcast on my hearing aids because right. they have Bluetooth. Uh-huh. So I can have my phone just send them right to my uh, hearing aids. On the other hand, I'm not wearing my, you know, noise canceling headsets as much as I was in the office. Because like the office I had, the white noise was headache producing. It was just so loud, you know? So I would have to wear headphones all day, whether I'm using them or not, you know? Right. And now that I'm home, it's like, oh, I don't have to wear them. Especially if you're I, playing something on your hearing aids and therefore not hearing anything. Because then I can't hear him because they're playing something. But it'd be no different if I was listening with headphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... um. Yeah, it's been interesting because what I found is that certainly until the yurt was finished and um, and then Liz got situated in her new environment, first the Winnebago and now Lizard House, um, that having the noise canceling that are this good, because mine are exceptional... Um, and expensive. Oh God, are they expensive? But um, I could turn on the noise canceling, and if they're having an argument in the kitchen, I don't notice anymore. I just turn it off, right? I mean, or if someone's banging around dishes, I just turn it off, and it just becomes sort of like a minor background noise over whatever. Um, but now I'm so used to it that I don't want to be without it. So, like, because now it's like I don't have to listen to those fans whine all day. I don't have to listen to, you know, Sergey is over there somewhere doing, you know, meowing. It's barely, you know, he's complaining probably about the fact that it's, you know, quarter after nine and he hasn't been fed yet um, for the fourth time. I I can't hear him, but I think our cat can because he keeps looking at the computer with ears up. Yeah. Well, then again, our cat figured out you can't hear, too. Yes. The cat knows who he's speaking to because also other people in the family are hearing impaired. Mm -hmm. And he knows who's hearing impaired and who isn't. And he actually vocalizes at the people who aren't hearing impaired and only makes mouth movements at the people who are. So he looks at me, makes the meow face. (laughs) Wow. But he doesn't bother to make the noise. I think that's why Sergey throws things now is uh, because it gets my, like, hearing my pen case, like the pen case hitting the floor is a very different than him just complaining or him knocking up one of my pieces of art off the wall and basically into the back of my chair. You know, that gets my attention now where if he's just complaining, I don't, Although he hasn't figured out that the uh, um, the bells I got in China, the bells I got in in, um, in Lhasa, Tibet, that are like prayer bells, small prayer bells or something, he'll sit up there and he'll bat at those like crazy. And I'm just like, ah. So <laughs> that just frustrates him more. Um, they, they sound, it, here, let me, like, can I get it off the 
book without, yeah. Um, yeah, here we go. Just see what I mean? They're just, oh, I have to do it near the microphone. But I had to buy them because obviously it's a chicken. It's a chicken! And the feeder bells, so. That is adorable. Yeah. Um, but he'll, he'll bat at that all day long, and I'm just like, that's lovely. And it drives him crazy. So, <laughs> everybody wins. Yes, I'm talking about you, you shithead. Um, yes, I know, old man. I shouldn't be so mean. He also knows what time we usually go to bed, and he gets mad if we're not in the bedroom. And he I believe like, that's part of this as well, yeah. Yeah, he'll try to take us to bed. I mean, at least he hasn't played Lego bricks in a while. No, when he got really mad, we have um, a bunch of little Lego figs. Mm-hmm. I know you have the big sets. I just had little figs up there. And they're kind of actually there for him. Like, I enjoy okay. them, the ones I wanted to have, like the Ursula fig and mm-hmm. the Women in Science figs. Yeah. But he can... Well, I- yeah. I I put them in a glass display case because I know what happens. Like that that's the Mandalorian armor armorer, which is a small thing with the minifigs, right? But if I had that out somewhere, it would be on the floor and in pieces. I used to have um, Darth Vader's castle. You know, it's like this tall. It oh, is yeah. not small, and he managed to get it off the top of this display case and onto the floor. So oh, and now I can't find one of the pieces. Yeah. Ooh. So that's kind of the point with him, though. I actually set them up high enough that he thinks he's not supposed to get them. Mm. Low enough that he can get them. And they do make a satisfying noise. And they make a satisfying noise when they have oh, the yeah. floor. So he can knock them off and tell us he's mad without scratching the leather furniture. or. So it's, it's actually kind of bonus. I would be upset if I could never find the pieces again, but they're like two or three pieces for the figs. Like. Yeah. The the one that got me is I have a, a collection of of Christian Bibles. I mean, and by collection I mean here. Let me. I will turn on the light. I will move the camera so that you can see where I move them to. That is nothing but Bibles <laughs> on that shelf. And I had to move them to that that shelf. Put up a shelf over the door, because otherwise they were on the shelf over uh, above the D and D books. You see how that shelf has a whole lot of empty space on it. Mm-hmm. Sergey would climb up there and throw Bibles at me. <laughs> He's never um, um, tried to throw a book at us. And oh, Shepard thought that was great. Like, what have you done that the, the, the cat is throwing Bibles at you? That's just, how evil are you? So. He's actually a little sweetheart. He, he doesn't throw things at us. Occasionally he'll knock stuff off of something, but he'll look at you, pat, pat yes. it, look at you again, pat, pat it, and then push it off. Like, so he knows. And, and again, this is, people don't necessarily realize, this is something that impacts your productivity, mm-hmm. right? Because I can be elbows deep in code and just in that great state, and suddenly, wham, there's a book on the floor behind me, ah. and... It breaks, yeah, that's, having a cat on the desk in front of me is just, like, normal. That's, like, oh, I... I've oh, there's had, nothing like trying to type and getting bit, you know. Like, don't reach over me. Uh, so, my workspace is to the right of where I'm at. And so I'll move my keyboard and my mouse, and it's right by the window, and with the arrival of spring birds, both Hobbs and Shaw want to sit on the edge of my desk and stare out the window. Which is usually okay, but... Because of 
my I'm right-handed with my trackball. Now I end up with there he goes. Um, now I end up with like Shaw sitting on my wrist so he can see out, and I'm like, but I need that hand to type. And he's like, I'm not moving. There's a bird. <laughs> like, and and this is, but these are the sorts of challenges working from home brings that a lot of people didn't think through. In advance, they're like, oh, yes, the dog is going to bark or whatever. What they, they don't think necessarily through is that, you know, you've got a great view, but your cat thinks it's a great view, too. Yeah, don't throw that off the wall again. I know you I mean, want me to go to bed. You, I mean, you on wait. the other hand, you know, the stress relief of having the pets around, yeah, you know, sometimes really makes a day. And honestly... You know, I mean, you're talking about the fact that everybody on your team has pretty much accommodated to the fact that life is happening around everyone. Right. Um, but I remember when that was such a big deal. Like, pre-2020, it would have been like, oh, no, my child is screaming somewhere in the house. Can't have that while I'm working. And I was just like, oh, you know, cat walks through. Oh, let's see the cat. We want to see the cat. Yeah. Yeah. How how there, someone was talking about, you know, the new etiquette is that if your cat shows up on screen, you have to introduce your cat to all of your coworkers, because if you don't, you know, um, I'm overdue on one of our, our just sort of we, we do social calls like every week, every other week, just among our teammates so that we can maintain those connections. Um, and uh, I'm overdue now that spring is here. It's uh, everybody wants to see the chicken yard. I've never taken my coworkers, or at least I haven't taken my coworkers on a, a virtual tour of the chickens in like a year and a half, two years now. So, um, and it's, but it's interesting to see how that has structurally changed because, at least for the rest of the world, um, because, yeah, you're right, in the before times, oh, my kid's screaming, and but I can't get out of this meeting, or oh, God, the, the dog is interrupting, and now it's just like, yeah, okay, that happens. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing with less uh, shows has allowed me is that um, he bought me a bunch of paints mm-hmm. to play with. Um, right. And I'm trying to work on a piece currently, and I was prepping a canvas, and I, I managed to save the canvas just in time as the cat jumps up on top of my work desk. Right. Um, which would have ended the, the stream, the Twitch stream, because I would have suddenly had to wash cat paws and, you know, take care of, honestly, it would be taking care of the cat. Like, I was just putting white paint on a white canvas to make, you know, right. to put a base on. But I would have had suddenly, okay, we're done now because I have to wash cat <laughs> and acrylic uh, we- paint, you know. Yeah, um, the the acceptance there there became came an acceptance at some point in Ursula's career where it's like yes, if you find a cat hair in don't steal that cord. That's a third stupid. It's just a sign cord. that it was made with love. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah that is that is from Benjamin. Benjamin contributed the painting. Deal with it. Um, or oh, that cat loved him some gold gold foil. Like, could not put gold foil on. What do you want now, Shaw? All right, I know what you want. Come here, buddy. Oh, oh, God. There <laughs> we go. I'm going to... If you want to be... Yeah, sorry, folks. I'm sure you're hearing this now on the microphone, but Shaw wants to be held like a baby and petted. So this is... Okay, yeah, he's not a lot. He wants to be petted. <laughs> 
But yeah, this is this is, and I mean, these are the sorts of accommodations that, while they they can lessen your productivity, the stress release of of just you know, I'm on a meeting, and maybe it's a little bit of a heated discussion, but now I have to, you know, hold the cat like a baby and pet him is kind of relaxing. But I mean, we've had like you these sweet level meetings get interrupted by pets, and it's just like that's life. Yeah, why wasn't it life before? You know. Well, and before the, the he doesn't ever he didn't think there would be anything up on the board he had to worry about because normally I work in markers, and mm-hmm. if he comes running across the paper with markers, you know, fresh marker, that's fine. It's not going yeah. anywhere. It's alcohol based. He's not going to get. He's not going to damage anything. And yeah. suddenly there was a canvas there, and also white paw prints now going across the floor and. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. So luckily, I, I rescued it just in time. There was quick moves, and I had white fingerprints on my hands, but, you know, easier to grab the paper towel than it is to wash a cat. <laughs> yeah. So, But you're able to do more things because you've got fewer shows. Yep. Uh, fewer shows allows me to do bigger art and play with different mediums. I'm not sure that I'll ever sell anything with acrylic. It may just be me stuff, but I get to play with it occasionally. Well, we didn't do me stuff in 2021 that much. At all. I mean, one of those things. We both hit a burnout point at some point where, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're around each other enough and there's enough various stressors that, like, it was a time for a break, so... That's been actually the weirdest part is, you know, over the past couple of years is there's productivity and then there's just managing your mood. Right. And it's a lot easier to leave work at work when work is a physical place that isn't, you know, um, that's why I have my routines around. I have a, you know, my everyday carry backpack. I pack in the bedroom with my personal laptop and my you know, my kid, all the stuff that I would take to an office with me, and I come downstairs to my office, and then when I'm done working, I pack it back up, and I go upstairs with it, just to get myself in that mindset. A lot of people had to develop these habits and rituals over the course of of the last year and a half. I'm Um, still typical artist. There's sketchbooks next to every chair, and um, I may or may not pick it up and sketch during a random time. But I also, I, I do, you know, there are days when I don't start doing any art until after lunch because I've been playing Pokemon all morning because I got the new yeah, yeah. the Switch. Or, yeah. you know, I had a night where I couldn't sleep and now I'm just going to sleep all day. Artists. I've, he, uh, Ursula's right now upstairs going through, um, because it's release day, and she had, and of course she was going to get it. She's she's working on uh, Horizon Forbidden West. So as soon as it finished downloading, she's like, "I have my word count, so that's what I'm doing from here on out." And I'm like, "Okay." Um, Slide some pancakes yeah. under the door in the morning. No, I will. Uh, at some point, I'll take my my restless leg pill, which has the side effect of after about two and a half hours, I'm going to be unconscious. So. Um, uh, you know, she'll go to sleep when she goes to sleep, and I'll get up and take care of the chickens and the cats and the dog when I get up, and she'll be out cold. I mean, it's, you know, this is how it works. 
And yeah. I think and, and it'd be interesting to think that a lot of people have had to rebuild that those sorts of boundaries and times, right? Yeah. Well, and also we have to know like there has to be at least one day a week where we just leave the house. We may not go anywhere. We may not right. even get out of the car. I'm going to go to the car, drive to a park, and look at nature from inside the car because there are people out there. But And snow and ice. And snow and ice. It's Michigan. And it's cold. Yeah. It's yeah. eight inches of snow today. But well, we don't have garbage pickup. So ours is the dump. We used to do it on Sundays, but then they stopped. They closed the dump on Sundays because they don't have enough trucks or drivers or something. Um, so. Saturday is our, you know, okay, we have to take everything to the dump, so we'll take everything to the dump, we'll run any errands we need to run, we'll get lunch at the one Greek place, and we'll play some Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you only get presents from me certain days of the week, is because I I only really go out on Saturdays and Sundays to spin stops. <laughs> That's okay, I'm too oblivious. Yeah. I just assumed you were also busy with other people. You have a longer friends list. I, well, I kind of do, yeah. But I, I've a lot of people I stop sending gifts to when we're lucky friends because there are other people I could be working on. Not that I'm ever, you know, uh, I'm already starting to talk about, you know what we really need to do when the Winnebago is, is back in shape and we can go places is I just want to travel around the country to visit all of the people I'm Pokemon friends with that have lucky trades with. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, Um I'm just glad I finally got that Splinda to you. Yeah, the Spinda? Because the I had that for part... three years. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little... Yeah, because I think you got it in early 2020. And then... That was before 2020, because I had it... We, we actually went to one AC together, and I said we should trade it, and we never got around to it. And things got... Yeah, yeah. And then, so maybe 2019. yeah. Whenever, whenever that came out. Folks, you can see we're just all over the place. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Um, but but going back to the, you know, you, you've hit that togetherness sort of burnout point in the middle of 2021, you're not alone in that. Like, a lot of people, uh, aside from, first there was the initial stress of having to adapt to not going anywhere, Right. And now you have to also adjust to setting the boundaries around you're in close proximity to each other. And you weren't before, you know, the kids are home all day. You're two, both parents are trying to work, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, a lot of people hit those stress points. Uh, mostly it, it took longer for people who have underlying, and this is no studies. This is just completely based on everyone I've talked to. Um, the people who already had underlying anxiety disorders coped, it took them much longer to get to that point because they already had coping mechanisms in place. You know? Honestly, when you're not having bad, when you're not stressing out from work, we don't have problems. It's like, but when when we start to get stressed from other things. Yeah. well, Well, and we're good in a crisis. Yeah. So, like, as long as the crisis was going on, that was easy. Like, yeah. you know, oh, we need to go find eggs. And so we ended up with 30 dozen eggs, and then we had to distribute eggs before they went bad. Um, you know, because that was fine. Because we hadn't fine. meant to have 30 dozen eggs. We meant to have two and a half dozen eggs. 
<laughs> do, you, do you do you need eggs? No. Because, I mean, three weeks ago I had to buy eggs, and then I guess something switched on, and in the last week, I have thirty eggs in my fridge. I mean, so, I could find the video for glassing eggs for you, so you can preserve them without refrigeration. That's what I'm I'm tempted to do is so that you know towards towards the end of summer start glassing eggs so that come come the middle of of winter when they've all decided well we're we're taking a break now I have eggs um, mm-hmm. but uh, Kevin it's... I I purchase eggs and I have twenty six in the fridge right now because I eat egg and I have a one egg omelet every morning for breakfast. And then I like to bake. So I always keep extra eggs in case I just decide we need a cake. No, no, that's under, understandable. And uh, right. I, I mean, but you, the thing is, you don't have, um, they're only running about five a day right now, but you don't have potentially <laughs> 10 little egg factories in your front yard. So, you know, um, no, I just, I just we, find it funny. Feast or famine. Yeah. <laughs> We could, but I don't think it's a good idea. It's not like we have acreage or something. No. But no. Your uh, your area, it's wonderful. Yeah. But I'm in a subdivision. And for some reason the city decided that even subdivision places you could have chickens. But no roosters. So you can't you can't. I don't know. The rooster. rules got really weird around that. You also can't kill them. But you, yeah, you also can't kill the chickens in the township or in the city. Okay. I understand why. Yeah. Um, I, I get it too, but I was surprised that there wasn't a butcher right on the edge of the town, just on the other side of the border. <laughs> sort of like the fireworks stores. Yes. Oh, I'm familiar with Drop off a chicken, pick up a peck. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, yeah, oh, gods, yeah, no. The year we we had four, we had five roosters hatch, and, uh, yeah, so, which is, by the way, that's how Spared Rooster got his name, of course, because he was the only one out of that that didn't, so, or he's the one that got spared. Um. I'm not sure how they police it in in the area, that's the thing, like, but. So you can't technically own a rooster, but. We're not wandering off forever again. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the only thing I was going to the only thing I was going to say along that is you have the right climate for Icelandic chickens, and I'm a little jealous of that one because it's just far too warm here for me to be able to keep them, and I love them. So <laughs> I have to look them up. Yeah. I want to see pictures. Yeah. Um, it's like if I were had been able to get Tibetan chickens, I would have had to smuggle the eggs out and hatch them here. Because if they hatch there, they're acclimated to being 14,000 feet above sea level, and it's too much for them to be at this this high a pressure and low an altitude. So, hmm. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. I'm up into the mountains once. I'm done yes. driving up into the mountains. <laughs> You have not lived until you're stopping at the top of a, at the the top of the mountain, and they're explaining that you are now eighteen thousand feet above sea level, which means technically you're in the death zone now. 
But the view is spectacular, and we're going to take ten minutes so that you can go to the bathroom, which was... We were wow. not in the death zone. We were not in the death zone. We were at the zone of which human habitation is... Okay, we were, we were in the zone where human habitation is not possible. I think you can't carry a pregnancy. Yeah, but either way, it, yeah, it's just like, but either way, it's like, okay, so um, that's a lot, and there are people who live below that who come up to sell souvenirs to the white people, and, uh, and the other tourists, but mostly white people, and... Um, they're just like, la, 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 and we're just like, it's taking, I need to stop and rest after stepping out of the vehicle. Give me a minute. Bill's laughing hilariously because we actually already almost killed ourselves in the mountains once. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, no, I was just thinking about when we stopped halfway up the mountain and we decided, you know, we were smokers at the time. We're like, oh, we'll just have a cigarette because we had to stop and let the car cool off. Got oh. Like, you know. Two puffs in and went, this was a bad plan. Bad plan. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to tell the story about arches. No, that was wandering into the desert. That's a different thing. Yeah. Still in the mountainous area. Yeah. Different stories. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You don't realize that there can be desert plateaus in mountains until you're in either Albuquerque or, um, or Tibet. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. And I've been, we've been both places, but Albuquerque is a lot easier to deal with. Let me just... Um... <laughs> anyway, um... Worst person. Yeah. Which made picking doing art shows interesting career choice. Yeah. <laughs> Think ahead. <laughs> no, one, no one becomes a professional artist because they want to. Like I was escaping working retail, uh, but uh, and the art was getting made anyway. It's not like you decided one day I'm going to make art and sell it. It was I have all of this art I'm making anyway, and people are willing to buy it. Actually, no. It started. No. <laughs> it, it started. Uh, I was working retail at a large bookstore for. I worked there 17 years. Mm -hmm. After about eight, I started trying to do anything else. <clears throat> okay. Um, and I, I tried writing, and I actually finished writing two books that will never see the light of day because they're absolutely atrocious. Because uh, I hate editing. Oh yes. <laughs> um. So then, uh, one day I was just kind of doodling in a notebook at one of the conventions, and someone came up and said. You should sit in artist alley. I'd buy that. And I was like, huh. And so then I decided to teach myself how to draw. <laughs> and I did. And he said, if you draw every day for an entire year. I need one piece a week. Mm -hmm. One finished piece yep. a week, drawing every day, like a sketch every day. For a year, you can quit your job. Right. And do full-time art. And, you know, I really wanted to leave retail. So. <laughs> I, I find it interesting sometimes talking at conventions that uh, and these panels about, well, you know, how did you get your art noticed by Ursula? And she's like, I don't know. I was making art and people liked it. Um, yeah. Well, how do you get, how did you get to be so talented? She's like, it's not talent. You sit and you draw every day. Yeah, you and, practice. Yeah, you, you you 
practice. Their talent will only get you so far. You have to practice. And if that means sitting there drawing, drawing your own hand 15 times in a day, that's what you have to do. Very few people like that answer, right? That, that, you know, they expect that, you know, talent will carry you everywhere and, or some, some people do, not everybody does, but some people, you know, go with the talent. I'm talented, therefore I don't need to practice. And I'm like, you're, you're not a violin virtuoso. And even they practice. Right? Well, even in our field, you know, I'm always oh. amazed at the number of people who have talents. You know, like we've got a few people who are amazing at programming. Just oh, have yeah. absolute talent for it, but, you know, they've never adapted or changed as things have gone on. So, you know, they're still doing, you know, really ancient programs. Well, I... if that's all that mattered, I'd still be playing music. Mm-hmm. Because I played for youth. I started when I was four with piano. And I did the interlocking circuit. And I did yeah. the marching band. And the and by the time I got to college, I'd had a 14-year career in music. And I was burnt out. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing, right? Oh, hi, hi, Hobbs. Is it your turn to come? And uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, hi, Hobbs. So uh, I believe the cats are telling me that we should probably start to wrap things up. Um, have you changed I mean we've already covered I mean we've used using the traditional questions which we threw out the window I think in the first five minutes um, I don't think we've ever actually asked any of them but we could do this yeah, I, did. I, I did the I asked the very first question can you introduce yourself significantly better than I did um, <laughs> but um, no uh, it's this is going to be one of those changes have you changed how you deal with success and failure um, so I have this. So this is partially dealing with failure and partially uh, advice to give. Mm-hmm. I have learned to tell myself it's okay to not be okay. Like nothing got done for three days. It's okay to not be okay. Yes. And no matter how many times other people said it to me, until I, like, literally meant it and said it to myself, the day I said it to myself and meant it, it was, like, it, like, felt physical. Okay, yeah, 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 it sunk in. The day I looked at it and was actually, like, I am not okay. And this is okay. I mean, on the other hand, celebrating successes, I mean, we still don't do that. I dance now. I do a little, uh, I do a little jig. I go like, started, I do a white woman wiggle. <laughs> but, but I, I don't know. Celebrating's Most, harder because we don't usually we. The things we would have done just aren't available. Yeah, so and, I might buy right. something and have it delivered. Yeah, but even that sort of lost. Honestly, any more our successes are when things work out for other people lately. You know, mm-hmm. so like. Yeah, we made soup and we took it over to a friend who was sick. You know, that's far more success than whatever happened in art or, you know, actual work for the week. Right. Yep. But, like, I sold some originals at a show and I was like, and did a little wiggle. Uh, And that was celebration because also we don't hold back. We don't say, no, we're not going to buy this because... Life's too short now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to not buy the toy I want 
because it, it, you know, maybe I'll get it when, when, you know. I, I'll admit, last in the last week, um, last couple days, uh, one of my one of our long term followers was like, "Hey, I think this is a Target exclusive." And, you know, maybe you should see if, if your local Target has it. Well, I'm not going to go to my local Target, but they had it online. But in order to get it online, you had to order, like, to get it at the steep discount, you had to order, like, $25 worth of other stuff. And I'm like, well, what do I need that is Target that Target online can ship me that I wouldn't buy in the local store anyway just because? So now I've got a $25 of, of chocolate protein shake powder. Because my favorite brand stopped making it. And now I have a little hey hey that sits on my desk, which is the important part. This five dollar <laughs> hey hey cost me about thirty bucks. But I wanted hey hey. Mm-hmm. Right? Why hey, should hey, I deny myself? Hey hey, yeah. Well you, you got oh, that yep. for me. This is Bill's Bill's yeah. funny purchase. Yes, which was only annoying because it was, you know. Oh, Wait, I tried so hard to get yeah, to get one of those uh, when they came out as a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, and I was never able to get up in time to get to the thing before they sold out. That it's, you know, by the way, folks, it's it's the, the plastic rubber figure of a smiling, burning dumpster. It's great. So I had actually backed it when they first uh, did a Kickstarter for it long before San Diego Comic-Con, and it right. took forever. But it was just one of those things that when I saw it, I'm like, no, that that's a winner. Um, or like the Christmas ornaments we bought, you know, because uh, we have a dark sense of humor. So our families get to enjoy things like the uh, Squishmold Plague Doctor keychain for their trees. Yeah. <laughs> I see. We, but that's, so that's the thing that we normally did. Whenever we take a trip, we go places. If we're leaving the state or doing something special, we buy a Christmas ornament. And our tree is a, a memory tree. It has all, oh, yeah, 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 all yeah, of our yeah, trips yeah. So we normally buy things like that at a show. Can't do that. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah we, I was going to say, we when we found out that the new fridge what didn't have a magnetic front, we went out and we bought sheets of metal to put on the cabinets so that we can take all the magnets because we buy magnets wherever at our destinations. And so we have this huge collection of just, like, magnets from all over the place. And so we rearrange the kitchen so that we have their large sheets of metal on doors just so that we can put the magnets up. Yeah, no. Now, failure got easier in the pandemic. Yeah. Failure got easier because everyone understood. I would just say, I would just make yeah. them. Yeah. And I'm sort of hoping we can keep that, you know. People have a hard time. They communicate, hey, look, you know, stuff just went sideways this week. And we all go, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff goes sideways. You know. So this is where it's going to get interesting because I was talking to um, uh, Eloy LaSanta, who's a game designer, um, literally two nights ago, which for the people at home is last week. So it all works out. It's not like there's going to be a big gap between when I air this and when it, you know, when the last interview happened. Um, or big event happened. Uh, the um, and the thing he was talking about is, you know, he has some kickstarters, and yeah, some people will be jerks about them, but a lot of people are just like, if it, you know, 
do it. Just we 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 understand your situation has changed, um, and he's had a whole other upheaval in addition to the pandemic. Um, uh, which hopefully by the time this airs, you'll have listened to. Um, but taking care of his mom, who's now in hospice care, and and you know stay at home parent kind of thing, and. Um, so, yeah, people are very understanding. There's still the jerks out there who are like, look, man, I gave you money for this three years ago. Where is it? I guess I'm never going to get it. Um, I think Howard Taylor had a thread about that sort of thing uh, earlier today, especially with the Kickstarters going to cryptocurrency bullshit, which we will not get into now. We'll all just make ugly faces. And, oh, by the way, if you think that's a great move, you're probably listening to the wrong fucking podcast. And you should probably just stop listening. I, you're fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everybody's everybody's been really understanding. I think about that, um, and I hope we get to keep it. I well, really and I do. was already in the habit when I take a commission, I I send them thumbnails of my ideas ideas, and they pick one, and then I do the rough sketch and I send it, and I ask about any changes that need to be made. And then I send them the outline. So they always are kept up to date through the entire process. Right. But I found that it was just easier to tell people, Mm -hmm. I know I plan to get this in the mail this week, but I can't go to the post office today. Right. It's going to have to wait because the post office is in – an area that doesn't care so much about masking, even though there's mm-hmm. the, the rules. So I just can't right. go today. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, yeah, totally don't go today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but I've always had good people like that. Once they get to the yeah. conditioning stage, they've always been very nice. It's, I find it easier to tell them now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should let him do the next question, though. Yes. <laughs> well, we already did, did advice? Some... No, oh, advice no. came earlier. Oh, yes. Did, did you have any new advice? Other than, than it's okay to not be okay? Uh, it's okay to not be okay, and uh, I was, I, I'm still, I still like the uh, perfect is the enemy of good enough. Right. And don't stay where you're unhappy. Like. Yeah. As much as you can. I mean, it's a privilege point. I know some people cannot get out, but do your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, I, to find happiness. I, I, I find it interesting that everybody is that everybody who is so unhappy in customer facing and retail and being sort of uh, flat out abused by their employers or whatever are like, you know, I have other things now and have learned to make a living. And so I'm not going back to that. And now they're, everybody's freaking out because no one wants to go back to low paying, abusive, long hour jobs. Um, And I'm sure that, you know, there are plenty of witless recruiters who are sending you stuff for companies that you would not touch what they stick, but with dollar amounts that you look at and you go, let me think about that for a second. No, still no. (laughs) No, actually I I don't. The only one that's been, um, that, that seems to have been a little more aggressive with sending me emails is, someone who wants me to take all of my cloud site reliability engineering skills and apply them to a very small crypto startup. And 
you'd think that I haven't responded after three emails that I'm not gonna, but if I get a fourth, I'm gonna say, look, no. Um, but uh, because I, I set boundaries... I get two yeah. emails every day with a wide variety of job postings that are just absolutely phishing, and I just let them go to junk. You don't have a price for that startup? I mean, you know, million dollars a year? Uh, in in actual money, that's, yeah, that's yes. my cons- yeah. They're they're not going to give if they're not going to give me actual money and make me a C level, then uh, no. Um, <laughs> You know, if if I'm going to sell my soul, I want the elephant that poops gold. I don't want, uh, <laughs> you know, that was that was our thing. Uh, at one point, I was I was getting a call from a recruiter at Google, but we would have had to move. And that was there was a bit of a soul search there. I didn't I didn't get past the first round, which is fine. But um, it was like, but you know, we would have to move. And I would have to move away from my kids, but then again, they're going to drive up and give me the elephant that poops gold. So, you know, what do you do? Um, it was a good experience anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and <clears throat> I've put up with far worse for far less than what I think a small startup is going to offer me. And also, if I said that, my wife would come downstairs and cave my skull in. So <laughs> yes, we we had a whole conversation about where we were willing and not willing to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are states I'm not willing to live in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are states I'm willing to live in, but only if we live in certain areas. Yeah. Oh yeah. And but there's nowhere like I have nowhere I want to move to. We figure someday we are not going to be able to manage the stairs in the house. And at that point, it might be worth looking at, uh, we've talked about uh, New Mexico. We love Albuquerque. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, once the RV is fixed, I may just go, I because of, I am a 100% remote. Just like, you know, if I want to, if we want to drive to New Mexico and, and, you know, plug in somewhere and work, and I work from New Mexico for a month, that's fine. It's acceptable. I'd have to figure out some way to take travel chickens. But, um... <laughs> now, there are countries I'd, I'd move to in a heartbeat. I'd pay them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Uh, but, but, uh... And then there's a lot of places I want to visit, but nothing... Yeah, but, yeah I mean... You know, there were certainly offers that came across where you sort of look at it and you go, well, I mean, that's good money, but that's going to be misery. We will yeah. not be happy. And we've discovered when we are not happy in our jobs, mm-hmm. we fight with each other more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was interesting before I got this job, which when, because I was out of work, it was the longest stretch I'd been out of work in several years. I was out of work, I think, for about six months instead of my usual two to three. and um, But the interesting thing about it was that I was like, I've just spent seven, eight years 100% remote. I, you know, I'm looking for remote things and how hard it was to find something where remote meant remote and not you get to work from home one day a month, right? And that has shifted dramatically. 
in the last two years. Like, I'm getting offers for things that are like, yes, it is 100% remote. Our headquarters are here, but you don't have to live here. That's fine. You know? I've also gotten ones that are just total scams, though. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remote. oh, but, you know, you're going to be attached to this office, and we expect you in three days a week. Like, that is not remote. Yeah, yeah no. Um, uh, but one of the things I think that cut down on my whatever is I'm just like, no, I work remote. I don't care if there is a return to office movement. I work remote. I am happier. I am more productive. And you get a much better, you know, much better output and productivity. And mm-hmm. knowing that about myself and knowing that I have all these systems in place and uh, makes it, on the one hand, before 2020, uh, would make it significantly harder to get jobs. And maybe in 2023 or 2024, I, that will be the case again. But right now, should I decide to leave it? Oh, God, no. I love my company. Um, it would be much easier. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it's weird, you know, looking at it, the big companies like Google had sort of the playgrounds inside and stuff and go, mm-hmm. I mean, that's okay, but the commute across the hall from the bedroom is really nice some days. <laughs> I Yeah, I know. my my the When I'm late because of a three-cat pile up in the hallway. Yes. Oh, the days it takes me just hours to get down 12 stairs. <laughs> you know, I'd, and my coworkers are very accepting of, I'm sorry I was late, I'm late for the meeting, but I had to deal with chickens. And they just look at me now and they're like, that is the most Kevin thing you could possibly say. It is. You know, so they know it's it's great. The only thing I can be late to now other than delivering a commission, which we already talked about, is, is door size stuff. Right. <laughs> or your streams, I guess. I, I could be late to a stream, and usually that's technical difficulty. And I yeah. throw up the technical difficulty screen. Um, but those only happen twice a week. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that reminds artist. me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that now that 2022 has begun to settle down, knock on wood. <laughs> excuse me. I should go fix the technical problems with chicken cam. <laughs> so but that was one thing we didn't really talk about. I, I made rules for what I would and wouldn't do. And oh, now that right? I have the rules, all I have to do is look at their site and see if they're breaking those rules. And if they're yeah. not doing those rules, then I just don't apply. So if it's an indoor space, we talked about like that. I yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, it's pretty much those two things. Like, if, and then, or it has to be outside. Mhm. Mhm. We talked about that, but those it just made it really easy. Um, you should see the amount of hoops and verifications we went through before we actually accepted to. By the way, by the time this airs, we're home. Um. Uh, but uh, and right now we're two weeks away from it. But before we accepted the Joko Cruise, right? Yeah, and I realize everybody's yelling at us uh, about that it's a horrible risk and this, that, and the other. But we had to weigh all of it. We had to look at the precautions they're doing, cruise lines doing. I mean, frankly, it's on par with Magfest in terms of the requirements and the checks and the balances that they're putting in place. And so, and like you said, you have to make decisions about 
for yourself and what you are comfortable with versus um, versus in in each situation individually. And so for us, it's one thing. Well, I know a lot of people who are appalled that we would get on a floating petri dish for a week. You know, um, and uh, I was reading an article about the people who are now making moral judgments on people based on their actions, uh, almost pandemic shaming, uh, which is, you know, very difficult. Like, I had to explain to one of my friends how MagFest was sim- uh, safer than going to the grocery store. Yeah. And once, once we got through that and we explained it all, he was like, oh, well, that makes sense. And on the surface, it looked scarier because you're just looking at people numbers. Yeah. But they, they hadn't thought about the, the rules around it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been to several concerts, and most of them, well, uh, with with one or two exceptions, pretty much all of them had a pretty good, you know, you have to show your vaccine card on the way in, and you have to do X, and you have to do Y, and I felt better. Again, you're right. I've, I have felt safer in a small space with 300 people jamming out to Fozzie than I have some days going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Because there's you no know? rules around the grocery store. Well, I mean, even the yeah. family went to. You it's know, Hades Town. Yeah. And, you know, vaccinations at the door, masks through the performance, you know, big were, burly guards making sure that masks were on. Oh, yeah. They were enforcing it. It was mm-hmm. not. You know, and you're like, wow, it's really weird to be like, this is sort of relaxing and okay, I could do this again. Whereas, you know, occasionally you're in the grocery store going, get away from me, you people. You're too close, too close. Yeah. Yeah, and I I just look at the, I'm like, I'm not going to be eating at big open buffets on the ship, just the same way I don't get the takeout hot trays of, of pick-your-own-hot-wings at the grocery store, because, dear God, that sneeze guard isn't doing shit. Um, but, you know... Uh, I miss Chinese buffet. God, I know. We all do. We all do. Um, I miss Meat Faucet. We went when we were at oh. Midwest for fest selling. Or... Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing just becomes like you've got to <laughs> set your rules and then live by your rules yes. that make you comfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, we thought about going to the same cruise, and yeah. I, I really wish we could. But the idea of having to get an, a, a helicopter <laughs> to take me to a hunt. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there, and that's part of our risk factor is uh, we are still very able-bodied. I am, even though I have pre-existing risk factors. I am at the the low risk end of all of them, right? I'm not immunocompromised. I have type two diabetes, but it's generally under control. I have high blood pressure; it's generally under control, right? Um, I'm more well, likely to have COVID a heart based. attack. What's that? It's not even COVID based. I mm-hmm. it put me someplace I can't get medical attention, and guess when I'm going to need medical attention? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 um, yeah. You know. But hopefully, so by it. the time this airs, I will be home safe. 
I hope. That's the plan. From my lips to God's ears, right? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just about finding your own comfort zone. You find it, and you live in it. Yeah. And, right? And you work he's, with it. He's, like, staring at me often, like... Don't look at me. I got three hours sleep last night, so, you know. His, his call sign silence for a reason. There's he's that, big, too. He's quiet, and when he says things, they surprise you. <laughs> well, you know how he got the name. No. Is it one okay. of those you wouldn't shut up? <laughs> no. That was three in the morning, people down in the lobby of the hotel being too loud. I mean, not, like, raucous, just too loud. Yeah. So, you know, and this is the hotel in Pittsburgh. So we're on the third floor and I take the stairs down because that's faster. And by the time my oh, yeah. feet hit the floor, it was dead quiet. Mm-hmm. So I walked across the lobby, went up the other set of stairs and popped in the office. They're like, well, what'd you do? Nothing. Yeah. Ten minutes later, it starts getting loud again. I walk down. It's quiet by the time my feet hit the floor. Walk across, go back up. And I did that like five or six times until the lobby just emptied and there was no one to be seen anymore. Yep. And that's how he got it. Hmm. Because you were the walking cone of silence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine how talkative I'd be if he wasn't next to me. (laughs) I don't have to imagine. I've been in the rooms with you. Um, So, well, you know, yeah, I find that it's a, a part of it also is is if I'm controlling the conversation, I'm not having to figure out what the person said that I can't hear. That's fair. So I'm I'm learning and working on just asking someone to repeat it or be looking directly at me face to face so I can read their lips if we're in a situation where that's possible or at least the sound waves are hitting correctly but uh, before I knew I needed hearing aids I realized that I was monopolizing the conversation so I didn't have to ask people to speak up or say it again and I'm working on not doing that (laughs) failing today but you know it's fine that's what this is about Plus, it's really hard to read lips over a video connection. So, especially with the, the facial hair and, and all that. That's another reason I want to get my, my newer, better camera working is because it'll be better for people who have to read lips. If they have, if I'm able to give better resolution and whatever. I mean, I can hear you and everything just fine, but I also have the hearing aids in. and Yeah. yeah. We're not at a convention oh. with a whole bunch of noise. Yes. I, I do this when the things are too loud. You do the, like, the hand, yeah, no, it's it's like saying with, with all this going on and everybody raises their arms, you don't even have to, like, yeah, you, you don't even have to explain it. You just say all this and everybody assumes your arms are waving in the air at the world. Um, all right. Uh, what charity do you want to our listeners to support this week? Uh, we, we, wanted, we decided Planned Parenthood and the Trevor Project. I knew that Trevor Project was going to be in there. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we, yeah. uh, you know, we're very big, uh, big proponents of, of rights and uh, we've marched for gay rights since 1990, well, me 1995, and you 1997. So we're elder gays as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not elder elders, you know, because fortunately the 80s took a lot of a, took a dent. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, but. Uh... Yeah, but it's still slightly better than being elder millennials. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> We're Gen Xers. We're yeah, Gen Xers. I, nobody, nobody pays attention to us. That's the, yeah, yeah. no. I'm, yeah. So I, I'm just waiting for the angry letters, you know. You said something about millennials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, we, we, we make fun of the whole blame everything on millennials. Stage, oh, yeah. So you know, especially considering it just keeps shifting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But those, that's not millennials you're talking about anymore. Oh no, millennials are anyone who's between eight and eighteen. Like no, no. Now they no. all have now millennials have kids. I know. I know. Liz, Liz is technically uh, an elder millennial at this point, and you know she's in her mid thirties. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're the tail end of Gen X, so we're just used to being ignored because while we were there for a lot of the big social upheavals that happened for Gen X, um, we were too close to the edge of where, well, now we don't have to stop, we don't have to pay attention to them anymore. Um. <laughs> well, that's okay, because five days ago was the number of days was the same as... The Berlin Wall was up for the same amount of days as long as it had been teared down. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, I remember that happening. I I'm tired of our <laughs> friends pulling out facts like that and making me feel old first thing in the morning. <laughs> hey, did you know? Nope. Nope. I don't know anything. <laughs> no, no, no. No. I'm I'm too old to have memories. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to look at, and I look at, like, my grandfather, who was born in 1910 and died in 98. So, I look at the societal and technological changes that I've been through in my 51 years, and then I think about the societal and technological changes he went through in his 88 years, right? Uh, just... Like his father was a blacksmith who took care, who shod horses, and he was the first person in his family to go to college. And I mean, you know, that was it was just astounding, like to yeah. to look at that time period. Or um, the house, the house that we bought, uh, well, the house that Ursula bought that came with Dog Skull, um, is the house of the original landowner, who was the daughter of freed slaves. And so had been through Jim Crow and all of it, and she was 90-something when she died, right? So it's, it's just astounding to see, not just to think about those changes, but to think about other people's experiences with those as they get older. 
I understand why people get cranky now about not understanding the latest technology. On the flip side, I'm usually one of the first people to be using those technologies. <laughs> You know, I used to be better wondering. about it, but I'm trying. My great aunt Ronnie was great about it until the day she passed. She was like, she had um, hearing problems as well, and she mm -hmm. paid for the entire church to be wired. Oh wow! For yeah. the special the T loop, the T loop mm -hmm. in yeah, there, so wow. she could hear sermons better. Yeah. And then she wouldn't sit in the back because she didn't really want to hear the sermon so well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. But, uh, but she was uh, the first female professor of chemical engineering at U of M during World War II. Because all the male professors had to be shipped out. Um, but then, yeah. when, when they came back for their jobs, she went and worked for the FBI, although we have theories that it might have been the CIA. Of course. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so she was always just new computer, okay, I'll pop that in, learn how to use all the new stuff, keeping mm -hmm. up to date on all the new hearing aid technologies, keeping up to date with all the... It's fascinating. Yeah. Watching people who've yeah. been through... All the different the, changes. The, the the difference in the in the attitude is also a big thing. I noticed that now that I am old enough to be a member, give me my four p.m. discounted dinner, thank you, of the AARP. Um, it's interesting to read the uh, monthly magazine and the newsletters that are talking about. Here are ways to leverage technology, things that I'm familiar with, but I realize my parents might not be. Or here are these resources that you can be using that, you know, people who are even 10 years older than me might not be leveraging because they haven't been paying attention. It's it's very interesting to see these outreach and education that goes with it. So, And yes, I'm a card-carrying member of the AARP, mostly for the discounts in the newsletter. Plus, I mean, they had an interview with Danny Trejo the other the other month. So, come on. He, I'm not quite there, something. but I'm not quite there. But I'm right behind you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and whoever the the you can get a membership for the for the younger partner. So in my case, Ursula, who isn't old enough to qualify, has a membership now through me. So she gets all my discounts. And <laughs> <laughs> I robbed the cradle. He's two years younger. There you go. Almost to the date. Oh, it's been great catching up outside the confines yeah. of a con space. I hope any of this was useful for someone. I, I, I think I think that I got useful stuff out of it. If not, I hope it's an entertaining conversation for everyone. Right? Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch up again officially or unofficially, I'm sure. And anytime you want to come back on the show, you know where to find me. So. If I make some wild changes, I will definitely... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and for the people at home, we'll be right back after...
we are back. Um, I had a lot of fun catching up with Bill and Laura, if you couldn't tell, and we sort of digressed all over the place, but... Uh, no, on on productivity alchemy? I know, um, but that's what's great about catch-up interviews, and it occurs to me I need to get on Dino's calendar, because uh, we haven't talked to Dino in a hot minute, um, and with year six looming, I should have Dino back. Um as part of year six. So, yay. Um, anyway, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Laura, for taking time out to talk to me one evening and just sitting around and, and being talkative. Uh, all that being said, um, I have a word, word for this week, and the word is medical test subject. All one um, word. All one word. Um, you uh, and and what we've learned is that you you could not survive as a medical test subject. Who me? Yeah, you. It it doesn't make enough. Uh, it doesn't make enough money to keep you in the lifestyle to which you are accustomed. So uh, you don't need to say I should have been a medical test subject. I mean, I will point out I'm a writer. That's true. Um, yeah. So you know, if if nothing else, there are. Our career choices that if if this whole fiction thing doesn't work out, there are career choices that will crush your soul but make you money. At least enough to pay for parking. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, medical test subject. Enter that in the little badge code entry box on productivityalchemy.com and claim yourself a badge for this episode. Isn't that awesome? Um and you can find out more. I be- could become a book plate signer for a living. I mean, you're doing so far so good, right? Anyway, uh, go to productivityalchemy.com. You can enter the badge code in the little box and you will get a badge. And there's also an explanation of what badges are, how badges sort of work, what you can do with them, which is mostly show them off. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you're, it's, if you like collecting things, I really hate to feed your addiction, but collect badges. It's pretty cool. All right. Now that, uh, now that that's done with, the other thing you will find at productivityalchemy.com is a uh, support Kingfisher. link. T. Kingfisher. Will, will we find T. Kingfisher at productivityalchemy.com? That's the only word I have written for a T. Kingfisher. Okay. Um, so yeah, at productivityalchemy.com, you'll see uh, past episodes. You'll see all the different badges, um, including some special ones. And hey, if you really want to, you can click on this link that says support that will show you our uh, Ursula's Patreon and my Kofi. And... T. Um, Kingfisher. And... There may be, uh, you know, like, eventually I need to add the podcasting supply wish list um, from Amazon. But in truth, don't actually click on any of those. We don't need it. We're good. T. Kingfisher. T. Kingfisher. T. Kingfisher. Yes, we have, um, we, we have uh, uh, abundance at the moment. We're very privileged and lucky. And so rather than give to us, uh, give your money to people who deserve it more than we do. And this week at the urging and suggestion of both uh, Bill and Laura, uh, first and foremost is the Trevor Project. Um, and I'll have links in there. Please go support them. They're doing such amazing work um, and necessary work that I wish was unnecessary, but 
It, that's the world we live in. Um, the second thing, the second uh, charity suggested by uh, Bill and Laura is Planned Parenthood. Go give them money. Support them. Uh, they are under constant attack uh, because... Really now, yes. Yeah. A lot. And not... You know, they provide so so many and and so necessary services for so many women who otherwise wouldn't be able to get them. Um, and, I only had birth control and pap smears for years because of Planned Parenthood. Right. And, uh, and you know, the big fight to, you know, the, the continual attacks on their funding is just ludicrous because they are more than one service. Um, they are uh, uh, just a godsend for women's health. So go, please, please go support uh, Planned Parenthood. Uh, it, I, I personally think it's very important to support them as well. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's it for this week. Um, join us next week when we'll be talking to longtime friend Gerald Sears and the chicks will be a week older. So, hey, isn't that, isn't that cool? And maybe Ursula will be done with um, T. Kingfisher. Uh, another set of book plates by then. So, all right. Y'all have a good one and, and do your best to um, stay T. Kingfisher. Productive.